Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Seasons, a podcast about two friends catching up on notable television shows one season at a time. I'm Damascus Leary. And I'm Broderick Gordis. And today we'll be discussing the latest show in our recommend category, season one of Orange is the New Black. How are you, Brod? I'm good. I'm a little bit under the weather. So apologies for my voice today. This is like episode one of our own podcast. I was under the weather that day That's as well. right. And I'm just a little bit sick. It's, uh, it's mm, what you I like to call... you got that sexy radio voice. I like to call this the Zelda flu. This is, uh, again, the time uh, when this recording is happening. Um, the Switch, Nintendo Switch has arrived. Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda has arrived. I've been staying up a little bit too late playing that game and I'm suffering for it, paying for it. <laughs> but it's, it's worth the pain though, isn't it? Yeah, it actually really is. Yeah. If I had a gaming podcast, that's what we'd be talking about. Don't worry about that. I mean, if I had money, I'd be playing it, but <laughs> I don't. You could borrow my Wii U. You can get it on Wii, Wii U and play it if you wanted to. That's not the point, though, is it? The point is to get the new console and you get to play Zelda on it. I guess it's true. And play it on the go, which is really cool. Yeah, exactly. Wherever you want to be. <laughs> Actually, one of the advantages of watching this show as well, I mm. my notes are a little bit scattered. They're not super detailed. Often because I was watching it on my phone. Because it was on Netflix. Yeah, I was doing that um, between I, shifts at work as well. I was well. all over the place watching it at work and yeah, on lunch breaks and stuff. On the train and stuff, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, totally. Which was really cool actually. It made it a bit easier to get through what was actually a lot of television. Mm. Well, yeah, it, it was a lot of television and it wasn't helped this week because I was watching Orange is New Zelda. Black. <laughs> no, not for me personally. I wasn't playing Zelda. But my girlfriend just started watching Game of Thrones. Oh, shit. So there were certain episodes that I, you know, I had to be there with her for, you know. Sure. How far in is she? Just out, out of um, She's just reached the finale of the second season. Oh, like, okay. She's, she's blitzing through it. Wow. Um, so I was the other night, like two nights ago, I was watching um, season one, episode nine. Yes. Which yes. was like, you know, I had to be there. So. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it, and it's, it's so much fun to watch it through someone else's eyes who's never did, seen it before. Did she know that that big event, which we won't spoil here, was going to happen? Like, did she, did she see that it actually coming? Um, n- no, not that specific event, but she okay. assumed that something would happen to that character because recent promos, I mean, that person has not been like doing and a press circuit okay, for a while. Sure. Yeah. Um, but she they didn't know that. how or why or when, really. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so that was pretty great. I'm trying to think how season... Oh, season two ends with uh, the big um, Battle of Blackwater. Yeah. Which is massive. Cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Season three ending. That's the next one. Yeah. Season uh, season three, episode nine, baby. Oh, That'll geez. be fun. Yeah. I mean, I was really worried that she was never going to get into it because she does not like fantasy at all. Like, right. she... Hates it with a passion, really. I asked her today if she would ever watch Lord of the Rings, and she said absolutely not, never. The good thing about Game of Thrones it is 
it is slowly built into its fantasy. It's mainly just a medieval period drama. I you know, mean, as setting. Ben White says in Parks and Rec, it's, you know, a show that tells human stories in a fantasy setting, which <laughs> is completely accurate. And yeah, and it, it, it slowly goes into that stuff, I think. Yeah. You know, the dragons come along at the very end. It doesn't end, beat you over the head with, you know, hobbits and stuff. I mean, that being said, no, not hobbits, certainly. <laughs> but by the but where the show's at now, there's a lot of magical shit going on. Oh, though. absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool though. So she'll be caught up by the time season six starts or season seven. What well, are we up when, to? When does it start though? Like June or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, it's she normally, will be. It's normally April, yep. but they've pushed it back. Yeah, no, she will be there. Because I was worried because we're going to Japan and I figured she won't be able to watch it by the time the new season comes nah, out. But it's time. later, so that's, that's actually good later. for that. Okay, good. Um, well, I'm glad I derailed the conversation there. <laughs> Fantastic. Time for our spoiler warning. On this episode, we were discussing everything that happens in season one of Orange is the New Black. If you have not yet watched Orange is the New Black, geez, that's a lot to say. Um, time <laughs> and time, time again. Yeah. And the thing is, even the abbreviation OITNB is yeah. not all that great yeah. either. Um, yeah. So if you haven't watched anything from the show I'm talking about, <laughs> pause the podcast, watch it, and then come back and join us. Otherwise, proceed with caution. Spoils ahead. You have been warned. We probably could just abbreviate it to Orange if we needed to as well. Yeah, let's just call it Orange. Okay, that sure. makes way more sense. So, quick breakdown. Orange is the New Black is a Netflix original comedy drama based on Piper Kerman's memoir, Orange is the New Black, My Year in a Women's Prison, about her experience at FCI Danbury, a minimum security women's federal prison. The show starred streaming on July 11th, 2013, and stars Taylor Schilling, Laura Prepon, uh, that's uh, Donna from... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that 70 show, Kate Mulgrew and Jason Biggs. At the time of recording this podcast, Orange has four seasons and a total of 52 episodes, but has been renewed for at least three more seasons, which you don't hear a lot of. I didn't even know that. I was Because I was checking this stuff out on Wikipedia. I was like, so this has been renewed up until season eight. Oh, sorry, season seven. Yeah. Which is... Pretty far along. That's not bad for a show that doesn't, as far as I could, I would suggest, wouldn't necessarily have a definitive endpoint. It's mm. one of those shows that get, there's so many characters, such an ensemble thing. You could theoretically, and there's no big like looming. Yeah. There's no White Walkers coming. Right? <laughs> exactly. That there's no definitive endpoint if you didn't need to be. That might be changing. I mean, that's I, true. I mean, they could even do a Breaking Bad where like it takes five seasons to do a year. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly like, right. That. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that, that's pretty cool that they've invested that much into it. It says a lot about where the show's at. Mm. Something I haven't put down here, but I did notice it's had numerous Emmy nominations. I think something like a dozen and won at least three of those as well, which is pretty incredible. Uh, Season one in particular consists of 13 episodes, episodes, each coming in at around 56 minutes and took us approximately 12 hours and 10 minutes to watch. That's a big one, honestly. Is that the longest? I think it is the longest that we've had so far. Because they're like, we've had 13 episode seasons with Louis and with Breaking Bad, but they don't normally make it to an hour. 56 minutes is very long. <sighs> How? I mean, I've watched it, I mean, I can't even count, I think maybe 10 times right. this season. Um, you, so you've watched season one 10 times over. I would say so, yeah. Um, like, so it... It didn't feel that long to me because obviously like I'd done it a million times before. Did it feel super long to you? Um. No, no, it didn't actually. I, I, it felt long when an episode would end and I would go, okay, I've got to start counting how many I've got left. I'm trying to like figure mm, out my time, yeah. get around my Zelda playing. Um, <laughs> Very important. Exactly. And and then I'd be like, okay, start the next episode. And the last one was 54 minutes, but this one is 60 minutes. I'm just like, oh boy, okay. So I know how long this is going to take me. Um, so it, as I was watching it, it wasn't feeling like it. 
as I was watching it, yeah, I, I was cool with it. it right, was when just, you were in the episode. I was in the episode, yeah. it was fine. It was more just... Scheduling it. Yeah, you're looking ahead and going, oh, wow, okay, still got a bit to watch here. Um, so in that sense, yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, time for the synopsis, I guess, or the series rundown. All right. We meet Piper, who is an artisanal soap maker, which is the kind of job Catherine Heigl would have in a B-grade rom-com. But that's not the kind of story we'll be experiencing in Orange is the New Black. Oh, no, 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 no. Instead, Piper's perfect hetero life is interrupted when she heads to the minimum security prison Litchfield. You see, 10 years earlier, she was in a loved-up lesbian relationship with an international drug smuggler who convinced her to take some drug money across the border in Europe. Whoopsie, you done effed up, Piper. Now your perfect life with the fiancé, Larry, is put on hold. God, Larry's a sexy name. So Piper is introduced to an array of characters, some charming, like the lovable ex-junkie Nikki, some terrifying, like the hillbilly fundamentalist Pensataki, and some so beyond what you've seen before that it's difficult to categorise, like Suzanne Crazy Eyes, or Sophia, or Miss Claudette, or, you know, anyone else that isn't Piper. Not only is our protagonist exposed to a bunch of different inmates, but also a bunch of prison guards and counsellors who are either super effed up or just way too naive and inexperienced that I fear for their mental health while working in such a job. With each episode, we get an insight into Piper's past with both her ex, Alex, and her present-day fiancé, Larry. She's a narcissist with an impulse control problem, which has led her to bad decision-making in the past and present, whether that be smuggling drugs, abandoning her girlfriend after the death of Alex's mother, or telling her prison counsellor to go fuck himself when he has all the power and has her freedom and sanity in his hands. And while it is interesting to learn of how the vice-like conditions of prison force Piper to look deeper into her own flawed self as she falls back into the arms of Alex for comfort, it is far more interesting to discover the lives of the other inmates. We learn of Miss Claudette's staunch rules and stoic nature come from her history as a girl illegally trafficked into the States, and then become the house mother of girls who are in the exact same position. We learn of Sophia's need to become her true self at the cost of her family's stable life, we learn of Pensatucky's devotion to God is actually founded on a false martyrdom. We learn of Nikki's need for motherly love stems from her own estranged relationship with her mum. And many, many more. And it's this diverse ensemble of tales that is the true heart of this show. And with all of that said and done, the most important part of this show is that we learn that he's not in fact an eggplant. He's retarded. That was a really, really good... Um, joke that it came back to over and over and over again. The la- it comes back again in the last He's episode. Retarded. <laughs> and just yeah. to ha- finally hear people laughing at it was really good. That I thought that was quite funny. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. Just, it just makes me so curious as to what that joke yeah. was. There is yeah. no joke there. Yeah, of course not. But like, I li- I try to think of like it's what it possibly li- line, could be. It's the line that the sister says about "you lost me at the umbrellas," which is yeah. just a giveaway. There's, there is no action. The joke is there is no joke. Yeah, I mean, the only joke I feel like it could be is it is the aristocrats. Like, just it's one like a joke like that. The aristocrats. Yeah, the aristocrats. Where it's it's this really famous joke that like everyone, like pretty much every comedian knows and they can tell it in their own unique way. Oh, okay. Um, There's actually a great documentary about it. Um, they just talk about like this really famous joke that everyone has their own version. They all tell it. And it's, it's very cool. Oh, okay. It's, very, Interesting. Very cool. it's just like one of those jokes that like you just add on it and add on it until things just become more and more absurd. Right. Yeah. It's about like a family of um, like vaudeville- vaudevillian, is that the sure. word? Uh, performers who are auditioning. And so you just describe their audition Oh, okay. Yeah. And then at the end, they're like, 
And the guy's like, what are you called? And it's like, the aristocrats. Like, that's the punchline, but it, that's not the joke. It's just like right. you make the joke gotcha, gotcha, with gotcha. the beginning and the punchline. You can yep. make it your own in between. Cool. Yeah. So, Brod, why haven't you watched it? I did try. Early days, I started watching it when there was only one season. When it first started streaming on Netflix, I can't remember whether I had Netflix straight away or not. I, I guess we didn't because we didn't get Netflix for a while. I'm pretty sure Orange is the New Black was out before Netflix arrived in Australia. Yeah. So they had the original programming. So I think I might have tried maybe watching it illegally. Sorry, Village Roadshow. I didn't say that. I mean, that. we're in Australia, so <laughs> I mean, it's not our fault, really. It's famous. Australians are famous having to do that. <laughs> I think I got as far as I, – I know I got to episode five. I remember you were telling me how much you enjoyed it. And I remember distinctly you telling me how much you liked Tucky was your favourite character. Pensa Tucky. Yeah. And I got that far and I was introduced to her and that's the chicken episode, which is a pretty weird episode. <laughs> but I think it's a, it's a... I love that episode. Right. Yep. And I stopped there and I don't think I necessarily stopped consciously. I think I thought I was coming back to it, but I never got... Then all of a sudden there's two and three seasons. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm ever coming back to this show. It's basically what happened. I've noticed that's a pattern though. There's a pattern I have of getting through about five episodes of a series and not getting any further and stopping. It's happened with um, Breaking Bad. It happened with was, there was another show we discussed. Mad Men. Were you? I know no, that was my Mad experience. Men, Mad Men. I never. I never. I, I that one. watched like the first four episodes a million times. Yeah, there's a there's a few shows like that now though. That, yeah, it's four or five episodes, and I feel like sometimes it's right before the show actually just <laughs> pulls you in. But anyway, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I intended to. I wanted to. I had enjoyed to on to some degree at least what I'd watched. I had nothing against it, but it just fell off the radar. That's that's it really. Fair enough. I mean, I would ask me that question, but I've watched it a million well, times well, as previously to, discussed. Well, <laughs> what I wanted to ask you was just why this is your recommended. Mm. So why is this the one you choose to recommend for me to watch? Um, good question. I mean, I when I first watched this cuz I watched it as soon as it came out cuz I had read a whole heap of promos about it because obviously like I read a lot of like queer pop culture um, blogs and that kind of thing and so everyone was hyping this show so much um, but when like a a queer show or any show that has like any sort of like LGBT character on it you, you start watching with a bit of trepidation sure that like it's just like queer baiting and it's not actually going to be what you want it to be um, so I watched it immediately and I was just so happy and so satisfied with it. I it just yeah, it blew my mind. And then and because and because of that, I have such an affection for it. Mm-hmm. And I remember like when it first came out, um, you and I were hanging out quite a bit. I was like, you got to watch this show. You got to watch this show. Yeah, I remember it being around that time yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and you never did, you jerk. Even though I watched Avatar, but that's fu- that's fine. Um, I think we know who's a better friend. That's yeah. cool. There's no doubt about that. That's fine. <laughs> Um, so how long, how long were you living in my house rent free for? Just just try to remember. Uh, uh, I'm going to say six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're definitely the best. Friend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going to go into the fact that like not only was I living in your house rent free for like six months, we were like sharing a bed. Yeah, you're in my bed. Like it was a permanent sleepover, <laughs> and I was like, it's like nothing like sexual or anything. We were just like. Two like twelve year old kids, just like let's watch a movie or like yeah. let's play a video game, and that was it. Was yeah, I actually really liked. Oh, that was long term sleepover. It, was, it wasn't even the first time that had happened either. Yeah, you. that's true. That's happened before. <laughs> Not for that long. And and the problem, what's weird is that like, 
in my life, it happens quite regularly in which I'm just kind of like move myself into people's houses. That's how you, that's how you relocate, isn't it? That that's is how, you, how I relocate. Yeah. You just squat until finally they just accept you and go, okay, yeah. you're on the lease now. I mean, just, it's because I know I'm an extremely charming person <laughs> and it's inevitable that they're going to ask me to move in. That's yes. what it is, Damascus. I'm sure that's what it is. <laughs> it's not pity. It's that. Not at all. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just loved it so much and I just... And I just think it's a – I mean, there's so many shows that I think are great, but I know that, like, it's not something that you're going to be into. Just because it may not just be a very good show. I just like it. Particularly, like, queer shows. They're sure. generally not very good. Um, so, no, I was excited to get your perspective. Because I actually don't know really any other guys that have watched it as well. Just on that for a second, for the queer perspective on these mm. things and queer representation in media, especially television, how's it feeling to you – these days, it's 2013, it's not that long ago, but 2017 now. Mm. How is it feeling to you? Is it becoming, do you feel like it's, the representation is better or is it generally more? Because it's funny watching I mean, Orange is the New Black. Yeah, it's ups and downs, isn't it? I'm, sure. Yeah. It's funny watching Orange is the New Black and maybe I'm just lucky like that. I've, you know, had a lot of gay friends in my life and stuff like that. It's obviously you're a lot more invested in it because it's part of your identity. Mm. It's not part of mine, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, um, I think you've got a lot in common with porn stash, but that's a. Oh, that's the most insulting <laughs> I'm joking. Thing I've ever For heard. anyone listening, I am joking. <laughs> Here's is... the anti porn stash. Do not write in. <laughs> oh, Christ. Don't tell me I'm Healy. That'd be the other one. <laughs> oh, Jesus shit. Christ. Oh, God. Um, the, it's, it's just funny because I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of that period of either I'm it just totally normalized to it or whatever. The, the queer relationships. Didn't I, I'm not thinking about that at yeah. all when I'm watching it. I, I doesn't. It's the most interesting thing is just Piper sort of figuring out whether she's trying to figure out whether she's gay or straight, and then the discussions I mean, that about discussion bothers whatever. me quite well, a bit. The discussion, um, the best one is being with the brother, where he's like, "The problem is you keep trying to make her one thing or or the other. Yeah, like she just is who she is or whatever." Yeah. But that's how I sort of felt like the whole show it didn't just mm. it just was there and it was part of it and it was fine. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm particularly sensitive to it as I think perhaps oh, a, a, sure. a lot of lesbian viewers are because either we have such absurd extremes like the L word which is like it's got nothing to do with real life it's it's so much it's just like purely sexualized and just it's just melodrama and it doesn't really it's it's a um, what's the word I'm looking for it's a guilty Sens- pleasure. Or sensationalised or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's sensationalised and it's just a guilty pleasure. It's not a good show. Sure. Um, it doesn't reflect true relationships, I guess. Um, and the and the flip side to that is then you've got, and this happens a lot, shows, you know, like Glee in or like The OC and that kind of thing where you, or a lot, I mean, a lot of teen dramas where you get like a three-episode arc of like a bisexual lesbian relationship and then well, it's, there's, there's it's to- over. It's tokenism. It's, it's, it's total tokenism. Sure. Um yeah, or you, or you have your Grey's Anatomy where you might have a long-term bisexual lesbian character in a relationship and in c- comparative to the heterosexual relationships in the show, for every kiss you, um, they will have 15. You know what I mean? Sure, so it's just kind of, sure. it's, yeah. it's so like it's the, the reverse of sexualized. It's just like it's, it's so less than that it's really like you, you go on YouTube and you just watch – clips of like that one couple kissing five times because that's all you get. Like you're just so thirsty for any kind of like real genuine um, idea of a relationship. And I think that was really nice to see in Alex and Piper. Like we see them have sex, which is amazing. I mean, in the first like 20 seconds, we see them like making out in the shower. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then like, yeah, we just see like the grittiness of their relationship and like it, it's messy and it's it's totally normalised as any relationship. It would wouldn't be. matter what gender either of them yeah, were. Exactly, it yeah. wouldn't make a big difference. Any while well, you think about that sort of love triangle you've got there between Piper and Alex and Larry. Yeah. It doesn't it, you could put any combination Absolutely. of you know, whatever of people in there and it works fine yeah. because it just it's it's the drama of their situation mm-hmm. in terms of Piper being in prison, that's where the drama really comes yeah. from. And then like and that's it's, what it's that's all you want. Yeah. It's kind of like the show does talk about Piper's sexuality a mm. bit in there. Because I think it felt like it needed to, maybe. Which, I think it needed to. I I find it really interesting the way they approach it though. Because it no it's always like, oh, are you oh you're a lesbian then? Oh, are you a lesbian now? Oh, are you straight now? I was like, where is the word bisexual at all? It, 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 it never gets never said. said. I was waiting for it which as well. Which is so never weird. Yeah. Like, I mean, fair enough. You don't want to like identify as bisexual. You might want to identify yourself as queer or you don't like labels. That's cool. But have that conversation. Don't just completely ignore that bisexuality could be a possibility. Sure, it's yeah, either yeah. you're gay or you're straight yeah. or you're confused. The, it was very strange. I think, I think the, the thing that makes it less problematic is just that that conversation is, seems to be to the side. Like... That the relationship and that love triangle mm. that's sort of happening there, the return of Piper's ex-lover that happens to be in the same prison as her and may or may not have betrayed her and whatnot and that situation versus her engagement to Larry outside, that's the core of it. That definitely gets talked about but it isn't the co- it's not what the core of the issue is. Yeah, I mean the storyline is, is not about what's your label. Yes. Which is great except for the fact that particularly in the queer community, labels can be really important. Sure. Um, particularly when we're talking about bisexuality, which is usually seen as a stage or, yeah, you're just confused or you're flaky or whatever it might be. So when you don't mention it at all, because um, there's this huge thing called like bisexual erasure, which happens a lot in, right. um, yeah, yeah. in like pop culture, media shows, that kind of thing. Where someone's... Gay for a while, but then they're yeah, back and, and straight, straight and it's yeah. never mentioned again. Yeah, yeah never yeah, yeah. ever, um, which is yeah. an issue. Um, but yes, if this show purely existed in a vacuum, totally agree with you that it's 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 not an important factor um, to really to the character of Piper to, to, or her relationship to the storyline itself, to mm. the actual plot. I don't think that's they're not yeah. trying to no, make I that central. That. Yeah, yeah. But I understand what you're saying in terms yeah. of what that means in terms of representation and overall. Yeah, yeah, those sorts of. That discussion in the media. Totally agree with you on that. Mm. Right. We got right into that. Yeah, no, we? I mean, there's going to be plenty more of that, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, now that we've uh, <laughs> dived deep right in, like straight away, that's good. Uh, what are your general thoughts about it? What was what your impressions? Yeah, I, I want to preface this with the conversation we had about half an hour ago as we were setting up this. I didn't know this. You're a bit, you've been worried. Yeah, I have been worried. That I wasn't going to like yeah, it. Yeah, because as I was watching it, um, I, I just kept thinking, like, oh, actually, now that I think about it, I don't think Brod's going to like it. Yeah. I, I wonder if this is slightly in response to the fact that I just could not get on board with Twin Peaks and that mm. I, I was liked just, Louis no. but didn't like Louis as much as you did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, just like, I'm not sure what you're going to get out of it. Really? What What is it that you get out of it then? Apart, Take out the yeah. sexual politics for a second. Yeah. What is it that you get out of it? I mean, I f- find it, and I particularly at the time when I was first watching it, so refreshing to see so many diverse 
women on screen that actually like made me really emotional when I was watching it. Sure. Because I'd never seen anything like that Without before. Without chorus spoilers, like you've, I've known you to get emotional about those <laughs> sorts of things yeah, in I've, the past. Yeah. I, it just it made me – it filled me with so much joy to see so many different women on screen and have an opportunity to play such – Really interesting roles, have so many great female writers. And I just wasn't sure what you were going to so get out we've of gone, it. We've gone from sexual politics to gender <laughs> politics. Let's take politics out for a second. Let's okay. just talk about it as a story, as, as a, a story. show, as a dramedy. Okay. Beyond that, I also didn't think that you would find it funny and that's one of the most like endearing qualities that I think the show has is its sense of humour. Okay, well... Sadly, you are 100%. No, I'm, I'm joking. I actually really, 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 really enjoyed it. And, oh, good. And, and the, the further I go into the season, the more I liked it. And it's it's the same, like it's a situation we've seen before where things, they, there's a lot of setup, you know. There's a lot of characters to be introduced to and that continues to happen all through the season. Mm. There are characters, I'm going to say right now, I still don't know their names properly. I mean, like I said, names. I watched it 10 times. I still forget the names. But, and the, I think the show definitely has... It's issues, particularly in its first season. I think there are things that are that are better than others, and there are some weaknesses which mm-hmm. could be improved upon. Sure, but generally, I really loved it. Like the writing is fantastic. All the performances, all the performances mm. are excellent all the way through. Um, the characters are they like when we say diverse. I mean they're all female, and there's a lot of but, but then there's a lot of ethnic diversity in there. But more importantly. In amongst that pool of ethnically diverse women, there's just a lot of really interesting different characters in there. Yeah. Lots yeah. and lots and lots. And it's a cool – it takes advantage of its setting by having what is a real place but is so alien to most people and getting to look inside that and what that does to a person but also the different types of people that are in there. I think one of the things that's, I, I found really interesting I discovered along the way is it's – more often than not, I think you're going to find in a, a show like this, especially in a prison drama, and not that I've watched a whole lot of them, but the stereotype is that, like, you're going to they, they talk about their sort of the racial segregation that happens there, like the Latinos are with the Latinos and the mm. African Americans with the African Americans, and blah blah blah. And then within that, you would probably, I think, I would expect, and maybe this is almost semi-racist, but the that that black group would be like the thugs or whatever type of the group. <laughs> What's interesting is that the most malevolent inmate in that whole thing is a white Christian woman, mm. which is really cool. And some of my favourite and most relatable and fun characters, without a doubt, were sort of the African-American group, like Tasty mm. and... Uh, Pusay. and yeah. all that. Like, and just... And everyone is there. They share... They might share a... Uh, a language or they might share a dialect or whatever, but they're all very different people and uh, just, and it's really, really entertaining the whole way through and hits the drama when it needs to and hits the emotion when it needs to and does the awesome, clever thing. So you've got this, we've talked about the mystery box in the past with Westworld. The inbuilt mystery box into this show is that we don't know what everyone's done yeah. to get the prison. How did they get here? And so everyone has a backstory that you're fascinated in hearing. And it's not like they hold it, dangle it over you like a carrot all the time. Mm. There's a couple of characters they sort of do, but they're not. But when it comes out, you just get a really interesting insight into who that person is and what got them to where they are then. I don't know. There's a lot to like about this show. Um, so I, as, the, as I said, as the season got on, I got more and more into it. And like the drama picks up, like the plot really picks up, say, around episode six. Yeah, Things does, start yeah. to kind of – I always think of episode five – the chicken episode 
The chickening. Where Piper's on the phone to Holly and they're meant to be having their big meeting with Barnes & Noble or whatever it is and then... Barney's. Barney's, thank you. And she gets... She is distracted because she sees the chicken again. And it's like that moment where she becomes more invested in her yeah, she life breaks away inside from, the prison yeah, than the her outside life outside the prison. Yeah. And it's basically from there the show gets really, really good for me because yeah. when she's invested in that life, then I'm invested in that yeah, life. Yeah, absolutely. Then, yeah, the more yeah. they invest in her life within the prison and yeah. the people she is surrounded by, the more interesting the show gets. Definitely. Absolutely. The more we move away from Larry and... Polly, Polly, her name, yeah. Um, Polly, Polly or Polly? I think it's Polly. I thought that was the joke. Was Polly was the name of their thing because it was Piper and Holly mixed together? No, it's Poppy is the oh, name of their I thing because no it's Piper then. and Polly. Well, I could care very little about that character, <laughs> so I'm not too bad. I didn't, um, don't remember that name. Yeah, so yeah, I think the more they move away from that, the, the better the show gets. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and so yeah, by the end of the season, I was. I'm not going to say I, I wasn't necessarily riveted. It wasn't one of those situations where it was like Breaking Bad, where I was like holding on. What's going to happen? Yeah, next? but mm. but every episode I looked forward to, and there were I was invested in what the, was going on with the characters and certain storylines in particular. I I'm just going to say it right now. I love Red stuff for whatever reason. I really liked. Her character, her role, her position, her the little bit of power she has, the 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 power play she has with the um the prison guards and mm. particularly with porn stash and stuff like that. That every time there was a red scene, I was just mm. into that. I think that that seems to be the general consensus is people love red. Um I I do really like red. Sometimes I find I, th- I guess it's it must be the accent work or something. Yeah. It's a little too over the top for me or it's a little too in Russian, yes. Sure. That it's a little like, oh, I'm not sure if I buy it. But generally, I, yeah, I also uh, Have you watched a lot stuff. of her stuff in the past? Like did you ever watch Voyager? Yeah, she's I did. Voyager. I watched Voyager, See, yeah. I know she's – is it Janeway? Is that the name of the captain? Captain from, Janeway, yeah, oh, yeah. From Voyager. I know that she played Janeway but I'm not a Star Trek person. Right. So I'm aware of the actress but – I don't really know her enough to know what her normal accent's like. I didn't, it didn't really bother me. Yeah, it stood out, but yeah. it didn't get in the way for me. But, but sure, I mean, I, 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 I did really enjoy what when we go back to her flashback and she's kind of the woman on the outside. The, I really like that. I definitely responded to that. And I think a lot of people would respond to kind of that feeling. And when she had so little speech of, you know, they're the people who like make the bread and the people who eat the bread and how like heartbreaking that is for her, like the feeling of powerlessness and how like mm-hmm. difficult that is for her and how much anger she has about that. And obviously like you see her in, you know, the present day in the present, like, well, yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think that's what this show does really well. And generally, I mean, it's not always so like on the nose, like this is, you know, directly in line with what's going on um, present day to the past life. But I, but I generally think they find the balance really well in the show of like this, like this is the past and this is how it's informing the present. Yeah, definitely. Which yeah. is a hard balance to do because sometimes it, it can be just cheesy or, you know, it's very easy to do that. Well, just looking at my notes, we'll talk about maybe talk about the flashbacks for a second. I already talked about the whole mystery box element and how mm-hmm. that's just really engaging to wonder what gets people there all the time. But the the flashbacks are, are great because they give you that yeah that backstory. They they give you a, a complete picture of who that person or a more complete picture of who that person is. Um, Tucky's one, but 
what's, what's it? So Penzataki. They do abbreviate to Taki though in there a few times, don't they? I swear they do. Yeah, a couple of our like uh, meth head friends. Okay, call it was just like easy to remember Tuck, Taki or something. Yeah, I think so. They we call her Tiffany. One of you. Tiffany too. Yeah. yeah, hers is particularly fascinating in terms of how she got into that position where this like delusion of being touched by God. Mm, oh, yeah. so interesting. <laughs> um, I love Penzataki. As good as the flashbacks are, I feel like they're still learning to use them a little bit in this oh, season yeah. as well. Yep, yeah, yeah. They sometimes Yeah, they're certainly not perfect by any yeah they, by any means. Sometimes they can be a bit messy. Sometimes we get an episode where we might get a couple of red flashbacks, but then a couple of Piper flashbacks, and then it's mixed in with what's going with Larry. And we're spending so much time out the, outside the prison then I'm starting to go, oh, this is a bit too much. Mm. I really wish we were just back in the present for a second. Or the fact that we got two episodes that had red flashbacks, which is like, why, why did she get two? And there are all these other characters I still haven't seen the outside world of and stuff like that. I mean, I think... I mean, it wouldn't surprise me that they... Because I think... Red's flashback, obviously, other than Piper, is like the first one I think that we see. She is episode two, yes. Yeah, um, and I, I, I would assume that that's because she's probably the biggest character. And if you don't want her to be seen as a caricature of a, you know, a Russian woman, then you would, you know, have a little bit of backstory maybe. So she's not just like just a villain, you know what I mean? So a bit of balance there, I guess. I wondered whether it was even that they sort of looked back on that, what they the work they did with her in episode two and went, oh, we didn't quite get enough. Because mm. the flashbacks they put in sort of fill in the gap between her becoming involved in organised crime and how she became the sort of woman who is basically a mobster inside the prison by the way that she embedded herself into that organisation in out, in the outside world. But so we, she we don't see that it. in that second episode though. That's the next flashback, which is later on in the season. That's what I mean, is that they... Oh, they sorry, yeah. So where it ends in episode two specifically, sorry, to be more clear, in episode two where it ends, it's, it gets us to a point where they are definitely involved in the... Mm. And they sort of leave it on this p- point where she's like tried to get in with the wives of the mobsters and she's sort of been humiliated and is a bit pissy or whatever. And I don't think that really did enough to inform that character. So part of me wonders whether they went, well, we kind of flubbed oh, that. Oh, I see what you're saying, right. Then they put in the second episode of hers, mm. so her second series of flashbacks, not the second episode, but sec- whenever that comes later in the season, and that fixes that problem. It then fills that gap and goes, so this is what she was doing that her husband wasn't doing, this is what, no, which I liked. No, I, I don't think it was a, oh, no, we didn't. I think that was It was always intended to be yeah, that way? That's okay. what I would assume. What flashback didn't work for you? Um, what flashback didn't work for me? There's some that just don't seem to go all the way. Nikki's ones are fine, but they also is like, I feel like it's one. I feel like it's like in that episode. It's like, she gets yeah, like one scene, one scene in the hospital. Yeah, totally. It's like, There's one scene in the hospital and then we another flashback we have of her is, it's in the prison. It's a flashback, but it's in the prison with Red. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's detoxing? Just, is that? No, that's not right. Yeah, what, detoxing. Do, that's what it is. Okay. That sounds like, because I just think of like, you know, privileged white people detoxing. <laughs> it sounds wrong. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's that one, for instance, just a little underserved. It's like, mm. did we really, was this the right time to put that in there? Could we have given that more? That would be more interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think just think it was a little, maybe on the nose, you know, obviously her connection to red, um, stems from her need or her want to have a present mother. A motherly figure. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think like majority of the flashbacks worked for me. There was one in particular that just kind of, it missed the mark, which was. 
Watson, who is the track star. Yeah, her one. I mean, that just story is not necessarily that interesting. I, yeah, I, I, feel I, like I still I'd feel seen like that before. I also and... feel like we're missing key parts in the decision making that's going on there. So much yeah. of this is about the decisions that were made, and it's like we see her sort of the potential in her, and then we mm. see where things start to go wrong. But it's like I didn't necessarily see the key decision where she was all of a sudden robbing a. Yeah, something. it's different. Like you know, you want a boy's attention to. Oh, now I'm going to break the law yeah. in a really confronting way, like holding us like a bank up or a store up right. or whatever it was. Yeah, and so that one is just you're left a little hollow. Like I get what you. I okay, I know mm. how she got there, but I don't necessarily know why as much. Like it's missing that what the show does really well inside the prison, which is, especially with Piper, as much as I think she's possibly the least interesting character in the show at times, um, at least I get a pretty clear sense of who she is and what's going on in her head, yeah. Mm. So do you want to talk about Piper? Um, yeah. Or do you I, want to keep talking about flashbacks? No, no, no. I think, yeah. I think that's about it with the flashbacks. Yeah, Piper, um, she, I mean, obviously she works as the audience surrogate because she's new to the prison, so that works really well in the first few episodes particular her ongoing stuff between larry and alex is good is good i like i, I do enjoy that storyline a lot more because of alex than because of piper a lot of the time mm. um and then her ongoing stuff with her tr- yeah her trying to figure out the system essentially what her limits are to what she can do how she can how much she keep her head down trying to avoid being in trouble but also doesn't want to yeah, she's going to stand up for herself and... Yeah, it's, put I mean, she wants to, you know, put her head down, but she also doesn't want to be diminished yes. and trying to find a, a balance if that balance exists at all, yep. which I'm not sure that it does. Um, and it, that's more interesting because you find out more about how broken the system is. Like, you find out mm, more about... Absolutely. I mean, she, she says it and like when she's, you know, in isolation and she's kind of saying like, you know, you get these deeply insecure men and you give them a whole bunch of power up against like powerless women. Like what do you expect to happen? Of course, like abuses are going to happen. Yeah. That's the most fascinating thing for me is what that's saying about the prison system and, and as you said, men in power with powerless women. That is the part of that, that I love. It's less the Piper that I like or am mm. interested in there. It's more what she's going through and what that says about that world. Yeah, I'm, I guess. I think it was in an NPR interview. Um, what's what's the crazy name? Kenji Cohen? Is that right? Uh, yeah, something like that. Let me pull it up, but keep going. I'll find it for you and correct you if you're wrong. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, it was an NPR interview and she was talking. Genji Cohen. Genji Cohen, that's it. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Genji Cohen. And she was saying that Piper was kind of her Trojan horse in a way like, I mean, I can't tell a story about, you know, Latina and black women in prison. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I can't tell that story unless I have a pretty white girl who is, you know, the fish out of water. And that's, sure. that's how we get it done. Um, and, but I also like that even though she needs a pretty white girl to be the protagonist in order to get the show made, she makes Piper really unlikable. Like this is not someone that we're actively rooting for. She makes terrible decisions. She is incredibly narcissistic. She hurts all those around her, either advertently or inadvertently. Um, She's completely self-centred. But they – but. In saying all that, she's still a person. She's still, a, I think, a really good, well-rounded character who she, yes, is deeply flawed but is still struggling like everyone else in that place. 
Yeah, it's tricky. It's I, I think you're right. She's definitely, yeah, it sucks that she has to be a pretty white girl to be the lead. It's great that she is flawed and layered and complex and there's a lot going on there. It's great that she, to some degree, is unlikable. It would, I wish I, I wish there was something more redeeming about her sometimes though. Because she's in it so much, I want to enjoy a scene with Piper in it. And I very rarely enjoy a scene with Piper in it, except when she's being where she's really getting fiery, which is often when she's getting herself more in trouble. Mm. And so we can't have too many of those scenes, otherwise she'll be in shoe forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like that stuff's good. Mm. Um, but again, yeah, it's a Trojan horse is a really good name mm. for it because it it's around her that all the more interesting stuff's happening, I think. Yeah, I I mean as much as like I've read about it and people I've spoken to who hate Piper and pretty much every recap I've read, everyone despises Piper. For a review I've read, everyone despises Piper. I really like Piper. Sure. I mean, as much as she is unlikable, I'm like, yeah. I mean, if I went to prison, I'd probably be that privileged asshole as well because, like, that is my experience. Sure, yeah. Um, and obviously that is not excusing that behaviour, but I was like, well, that, make, that makes sense to me that you would mm-hmm. be that awful. And obviously when you are comparing it to the lives of people who are far less privileged than you and far less self-centered, you're going to come off looking pretty bad. But I can't imagine someone of her standing who who has lived the life that she has had to kind of react in any other way. No, there's nothing about what she's doing that I don't think is... Inauthentic. Inauthentic. Yeah, yeah. Not at all. Yeah. But I, but I, I enjoy watching someone like that continuously fall and fail. What's tricky is is when and, I, I also, I'm meant to root for her. And sometimes I am meant to root for her. And yeah, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. particularly against... Um, Pensatucky. Pensatucky and particularly against Healy. Healy. And Healy's an easy one. You could mm. put a, you could put anyone yeah. against Healy. I think Healy is a smart um, adversary for her because oh. he is so... <laughs> Awful that no matter like what that's she does, you're just like, you know what, Healy, fuck you. Ever on television. Oh, He's so that's, easy That's something I wanted to talk to you about actually was, because when I was first watching it the first time, um, I, at the beginning, I was like, sure, he says a couple of little things that are like a little weird about gay women, yeah. whatever. Um, I'm like, he's a man of that age. That, I thought he was, I found him comforting at the beginning. At the beginning, I think it, it's meant to be yeah. a reversal on you. You're yeah. meant to think that he is... Yeah, weird or whatever and has his little like quirks about lesbians, mm. but he's meant to be harmless, right? Yeah. He's meant to be maybe he's the bridge that, that mm. Piper can use sometimes to whatever, have that somebody to talk to. He's the worst of them yeah. in the end though. But, it's fucking great. Which, yeah, which I love because as, you know, the f- the rug gets pulled out of mm-hmm. underneath um, Piper's feet, it was – I had the same reaction. I was like, ah, my one safety. Yeah. Because, you know, she obviously can't depend on Larry. There isn't any, she has no personal power as much as she's, you know, able to sleep with Alex. There's, that's a very like on the surface physical comfort. At least Healy is like some sort of power that she can hold on to. Yeah. Um, a safety there. And when that is proven to not be the case or, yes, you can have a bit of this power but you must completely conform to what you need to be in my eyes. When that's gone, I found it really confronting and really scary. I was like, ah, when she's like finally, you know, crossed the line in his eyes. It's one of the best things the show does, right, I think, is that 
you go in and and Piper's going to the prison and it's all about all the things, all the dangers that can come from the fellow inmates. Mm. And yes, there is an element of danger from the fellow inmates. That happens a couple of times with Piper. But along the way, you expect that, you know, a prison is, is still a government, you know, well, they can be privately owned, but still a, you know, That's official so facility, yeah, isn't it? Um, uh, but it's a, you know, a facility with rules and regulations and the security are meant to be there to protect people and there will be there'll be systems in place to protect prisoners from certain things and you would go to authority when things are wrong, you know. And you, I'm convinced now at the end of season one that that obviously going to the authorities is not necessarily the best way to handle the situation in, in the, to handle the situation she's in. She's got to have to deal with it on her own because like one of the best lines I think and went, oh, that's exactly what would happen when they were talking about when Piper was in danger after um, after Jennifer uh, Tucker Tucky, uh, Gen- you mean Tiffany, Tiffany Penzatucky? <laughs> I don't know Penzatucky, Penzatucky, Jennifer, <laughs> whatever, Tiffany. It's a white girl name. <laughs> Brittany, Brittany, yep. yeah. <laughs> um, right. Penzatucky. She cuts her Penzatucky cuts her hand and then wipes it the blood um, on Piper in the shower. And Piper's like, I, need, I can't handle this. I don't have the the skills to handle this. That yep. I'm going to tell someone. And I don't remember that character's name either. Tasty. No, it wasn't Tasty. Oh, it was Tasty. It was tasty. Sorry, you're right. Tasty just got back into the prison. Um, tasty says, if you do that, they're just going to put you in the shoe. For protection. For protection. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's exactly what would happen. Because mm. I've been in that situation. I've had at a, at a bar. Oh, had. You were there. <laughs> I might have been the cause of the issue. Yeah. <laughs> I had four guys beat up on me in a you know in a, a bar, and they didn't remove them. They removed me because that's the easiest thing yeah. for them to do. It's the path of least resistance, and that's exactly. And then everything else has gone around it. The way that porn stash didn't get fired after being found sleeping with um the. Dyer. Dyer, thank you. Fuck, I'm terrible with the name. <laughs> um, and all those sorts of things. Like the system just keeps, it's all about protecting their own image. It's all about, you know, the bottom line. The I can't remember the woman's name also who runs the place. The, Fig. Yeah, she. Yeah. And then you find out that they've actually been having budget increases, but she's been apparently putting into a car rather than yeah. into the prison. Oh, man. And it's like you realise all these different levels of systems that are there mm. to do everything but help the prisoners. That's one of the big triumphs of the season for mm. me. It was just like, oh wow, that's just how fucked up this place is. Yeah, and I crazy. I mean, and obviously, like, yeah, race and privilege is a part of it. But whenever I've watched a prison show, and you know, you see like, uh, you know, I'm thinking like shows like Oz and that kind of thing. I've never watched Oz. When um, a, an inmate has an issue, and you know, they want to go to, you know, the the guards or the authorities or whatever, um, and there's such a level of distrust between yes. between them, um, yeah, and an assumption of guilt, yeah, um, and I assumed that was purely a race thing, you know, or generally a race thing, sure. um, and then to have someone like Piper, who you know earlier on, like Caputo has let her use the phone. There's mm-hmm. no way he would have let Tasty or Per se, mm-hmm. use the phone. Um, that's a really dangerous name to say. Per se. Per se. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every time I say it, I have to, I have to pause and think. Um, and so I was like, oh, you know. And as I was watching, I was thinking, like, oh, if you know, if I was in that situation, I would just tell someone because I'm, I'm sure they would believe me. 
because I have a believable face. Of course they would believe yeah, me. Right. Um, but then like once you're in the system, you're one of them. You are no longer, you're no longer a person mm. at all. And just like, and unfortunately I needed someone who looked like me in a show to like really like bring that home. Sure. So like, you know, once you're in there, like you disappear, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're just like a number. You're a bottom line and if you cost too much money, you're just going to go in isolation and yep. that's that's it for, for you. Or into psych, which apparently is worse. Didn't look good. I mean, no. Penzataki was not having a good time. No. And that's not amazing. A character that can be so malevolent and so... Like, there's I've got an element of uh, empathy for her anyway, mm-hmm. but like she'd been pretty... Cr- crazy like there was there was very little to want to cheer her on but then you see her in that situation and instantly you're just like you're you're feeling sorry for her again when she's in psych far out mm. i read a uh review today in which someone was like yeah they were talking about all the performances and how like taron manning who plays Pensataki just wasn't up to standard which i found shocking because i think she's freaking really? incredible i think that is ludicrous i yeah. think i think there's there's a there's maybe an argument to suggest that she feels more outside the show in some ways mm. she's playing a character she's over the top, she's mean? very cartoonish at yeah. times but I think it's written to be that way. Like you look at the sort of dialogue that character has. <laughs> it's holier than now scripture, you know, you know, praise Jesus stuff. Even her like lack of comprehension of just normal conversation is it's like it's humorous to the point. It's like, what, is that true? I'm like, sure. Is that, yeah. Is and, that authentic? And what, so that character ends up being big, but it is written to be big. And I don't think for a second that's the actress's problem. She plays it. Great. I, I think she makes it incredibly authentic. I think yeah. she sells it so well. There is a vulnerability there mm-hmm. at all times, yep. at every single aspect that you can just it I, I, I think about even there's a there's a bit when they flashback when she's like done up um quite sort of pretty and like with makeup and, and a suit and stuff like for that court, for a yeah. court, right? And I still got a glimpse as to what that actress probably is more like in day to day because the freaking makeup, maybe lack of makeup, I don't know what it is. She's so fascinating to look at even in the in the prison. I mean, she looks like a meth head. Yes. She looks like yes. someone who late night I'm catching a train and I see them and I make sure I don't look at them because I'm like, it's it's awful, but I'm worried. Like I'm 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 nervous that they have a drug addiction and that might cause some sort of erratic behavior. Sure. Like and they make and th- even her, like her her movements in like in herself and like yeah, just the way she moves her head and the way she like smiles and like looks at pe- like it's, the way it's she wears perfect. Her, the way it's she so wears good. her hoodie. Yeah, just like even that she's yeah. that hood up and yeah. they're like all the time. It's great and it's it's a I think it's a really great performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, when I watched it, I she was my favorite because of the performance, and I sure. And I mean, she sold so many of the comedy moments. I remember one in particular when um, the first episode that we see her, and she's like destroyed the chapel. Yeah, and porn stash is um, giving her a talking to, and he's like, "I don't know how you like survived infancy," and she just goes. Because my auntie helped my mama, and yeah. it's just it's so, yeah. and she's just so like adamant. She's like, oh, well, that's you know, my mum had help. Like it was just, it was so sweet, and she just didn't understand that this guy was shitting on her, yeah. which I loved. Um, but you yeah, know, when I was first watching it, and I was just blown away by Taryn Manning's performance. I thought it was incredible. Like 
It, w- it was a comedic performance, but like you said, with so much vulnerability. It's not always comedic. It can, no, it's no, really no. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying when it is, yeah. she sells it in totally. an authentic way that you're like, yeah, yeah, I can see like this is really happening and that's why it's funny. Um, yeah. Uh, the funny thing is for a character that's so big, those comedy yeah. moments aren't always big. Those comedy exactly. moments are very subtle. Which they're is why they're small. real. Like yeah. you're laughing because it's a real person is saying that and that's absurd. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those dramatic moments she hits, she's menacing. Like she's mm. a tiny, tiny person and she scares the bejesus Tasty out of me. Tasty says that to Piper. It's like you can take her. Like yeah. you're like she's totally tiny little thing. But, <laughs> but she's scary. She, I'd, I, yeah, I'd be terrified yeah, if absolutely. she was approaching me um, with a razor on a toothbrush. I'd be scared to yeah, shit. Yeah, but I, I mean I just – I wasn't seeing a lot of – um, even people like taking notice of her performance. It was it was more about crazy eyes, which is great, which is fantastic, which, which I have all the praise in the world for. Yeah. But I was just surprised that people weren't having a conversation about Pins and Tucky. I mean, I kind of get why, but I just found it disappointing because I was such a fan. You know, I keep thinking about those first five episodes I watched and one of the early, I think it's episode three or four is the crazy eyes episode. Suzanne, is it? Is that mm-hmm. right? Um, her And that episode where she sort of attaches herself to Piper and it's sort of resolved in an episode basically and it's done and it's like, eh, no character, okay. It felt like a bit of a stereotype to me. And then what's awesome is where that goes by the last three or four episodes and we get – and it's not even just then. They did a really good job of sprinkling in little bits here and there, Mm -hmm. little bits of getting to know her a bit better or I love the bit we see her when she has um, visitation with her parents. You see her parents. parents. Yeah, that's fucksgiving, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love it. And, I love it. And it's like you start. It's just like, oh, okay, that's an angle I I wasn't aware of. And then you see her wanting to be an actor, and then you see her trying when she helps Piper up after she's slipped, and mm. then what her reaction to the NPR thing that Larry does. And she's so. Hurt. And then the very next episode starts with her cleaning that on the same night that Piper is, and that conversation is mm. fascinating. You have to clean from the inside. Yeah, it's just great. and what. Was a stereotypish type one note character. Very quickly became one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Very quickly, which was really cool. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll call her Suzanne because I think that's what I, she, I would like to call her Suzanne. Yeah, too. that's yeah. what she should be referred as. Um, that says a lot about what the show can do for yeah. you if you don't want to call her crazy eyes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That, that that's the, that's actually that's the line. Like that was probably the most emotional moment of the entire season for me. Was can I ask you one more question? Why does everyone call me crazy crazy eyes? eyes. That one hit me real hard. I was just like, oh, you got me, show. Like, you really got me. Yeah. Yeah, I need a moment. So, yeah. It's so, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's, um, and obviously, because I know, like, like where her story goes in the future. And and obviously, no more, like, flashbacks and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, Suzanne's a fantastic character. And it is, I mean, a lot of the, when, Obviously, people had seen like, you know, screeners or the first package of, you know, three, four episodes. And there was a lot of talk about stereotypes and how the show was actually like, you know, falling into them and taking advantage of them and that kind of thing. But I think as we go along, we are able to like, yes, this the and we kind of see it in the NPR episode in which Larry retells what. Piper's first instincts or first ideas about these people were. Yeah. And she's obviously upset because like 
well, that's not who they are. Like, you don't actually know the story. You know, they're like, oh, the the first rundown of like, oh, this is how I feel and I'm scared. The first impression Yeah, But that's, I mean, these are, these, as she said, these are real people. These are just women trying to survive. Yeah. um, And you've just shit on them. Like, yeah. I I think that show does that really well. Moving away from stereotypes. Not always as successfully as Suzanne, but... I think they do it pretty well. Okay, let's talk about the stereotypes then for a second. Where, when do you find that being a problem or being a weakness in the show? Do you have specific examples, or are there are certain characters that that's a real problem for? For me, I mean, it doesn't. I don't have that impression. Um, but f- from what I've read, um, Tasty is a bit of a problem. Black Cindy is a bit of a problem. Um, the even the Latinas, it, that's a bit of a problem sometimes. I, I would say the Latinas for me would be yeah. if there was one that stood out to me, it would be the Latinas. I think there are a few stereotypes being sort of lent mm. on a little bit there. Yeah. Um, the African American prisoners. It's funny because I feel like it reminds me of Atlanta. I think there's it's, there's a difference between like oh boy, I'm gonna I'm treading on thin ice here again. <laughs> not an expert in in you know gender politics or race politics or anything yeah. like that. The there's certain things that so I think in Atlanta, right, and like the type of dialogue or the type of those characters come from a very specific culture, the vernacular, yeah, um, African American culture, and they're trying to represent that and the people and show them as people within what you could look at as a stereotype if they didn't have a personality, if they weren't mm-hmm. a person underneath it. Because yeah. that's why I think they're getting right. As much as you, like, you can look at the way that the African-American prisoners talk as being very black talk, right, they're also all really interesting people. I, Tasty was really interesting. And like her struggle and desire to get out and then her being smart and obviously being someone who has done well to, to make something of her time in prison and then to leave and then to just not have any foothold to take advantage of that I mean, when she's the, finally the out. The cycle of poverty Which right there not, in Tasty Story. Right, yeah. exactly. And all that sort of stuff. Um, but even, bef- even before that, before she left, I thought she was – and like I love the bit where she's talking about – and this is later in the season, but where she's looking at um, the note that um, Tucky wrote, Pensatucky wrote to Piper yeah. and like explaining the spelling, the yeah, grammar right. mistake and stuff like that. Like, Yeah, that's some ignorance. Ah, shit, right there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, that's why Black Cindy comes in and explains what a Malachite is. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. All that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I agree with you. I, I yeah. think that's absolutely true. I'm just saying when all... reviews were first coming out, people sure. were going, oh, it's, you know, stereotypes and before you really got to know these people. Because it was from, it sure. was okay. in those first few episodes, completely from Piper's perspective. Sure. And totally. that was her perspective was like these really one note people yep. generally. And that's, I think that's fair. But it's also yeah. obvious that the show, yeah, was intending to go And for anyone that. that's about to write in, we're just talking about season one. So if you have issues with things that happen further down the road, we'll discuss it when we get there, okay? Ooh, now I'm fascinated. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One of the things you did say, though, was that what Piper was saying about how, how they're just, they're all just women. Mm-hmm. They're all just people. Yeah. Um, I wanted, I think I just wanted to touch on that a little bit we kind of have already but just how well the show balances the comedy and the drama to make these people human to make them endearing to make them relatable and to also look at them seriously and appreciate them as being real complex 3d human beings and talk about the big issues at the same time and be entertaining the whole way through as well that's an incredible line to to balance <laughs> that ain't on easy no, easy no, no, no. All. And with a cast as big as it is, and some characters end up like, uh, I don't know her name, the woman who doesn't speak. Um, Norma. Norma, thank you. Norma ends up almost being like a season-long joke until she finally gets to the point where she sings at the end of the season, yeah. right? That's one long joke. But she's also, her relationship with Red is is still quite interesting in those sorts mm-hmm. of things. And so there are some characters who, yeah, are not going to get the spotlight straight away. They're just going to be those... Um, on the periphery. You're on the periphery. They're going to get a line here and there that's going to yeah. make you laugh or whatever. But generally, overall, for such a big cast, it's very well fleshed out. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's – I guess these writers were very clever in using, you know, those flashback tools in order to do that so you can so easily access character that way, which is very clever if you want to have such a big mm-hmm. cast. I think it's a, a really smart way to play it. And they do it successfully. Um, I'm trying to think of like periphery. Like I think, I mean, yeah, we've got our characters like Black Cindy who towards, you know, the latter half of the season comes in a bit more. But, yeah. it's, but I mean, Early she's still on, not, she's, I mean, we don't really know who she is. Honestly, I didn't really even recognise her as being a character until mm-hmm. probably after Tasty left, honestly. And she yeah. started to and come I think into that's, it later. I, that's, I mean, accurate that yeah. she wasn't really until Tasty left. And then we need someone to bounce off per se. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, Gloria was one who came out. No, one's Gloria? Gloria, I think uh, the not the mother. It's the, the Latino one, the one who takes over from Red in the kitchen. Oh is yes, it, is it Gloria? I think it's Gloria. <sighs> so I, I love her. I hope it's Gloria. She, well, I didn't really like. She was there. She would like mm. do a scene here or yeah. there, or or and she'd be there in those conversations. Mm-hmm. But she was kind of just the other Latino woman for a while. Yeah, I mean, and then she took over from Red, and she was like, oh, okay, you're. a you're a character. You're a person. Yeah. You've got stuff. I think my I, my first moment of like, oh, I like you, um, was in the chickening when the two younger girls go yeah. off, and then she gets up. She's like, and the dyer's mother is like, "What are you doing?" She's, she's like, "Are you stupid?" She's like, "No, I'm not stupid. I'm just going to watch the stupid." Yeah, I'm like, "Oh was, no, I like you. I like you a yeah. lot." <laughs> um, so after that line, I think that was episode five. I was taking notice whenever she was in a scene. Sure. I think. Yeah, but you know, I, I, yeah, I was going to say something, but that's in a later season. No, okay. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, there's so many because of this show progresses, and you get to know so much more about every character. It's I'm finding myself that I have to really like bite my tongue. Sure, um, that's good though. That makes me excited. Yeah, um, it definitely like 
especially those first five episodes, as I said, it feels like setup, much as like we discussed that first season of Breaking Bad. It was a lot of setup. Um, so we didn't, it took a while to really get to where the, the things started moving really well. By the end of the season, though, it, it's on its way. And I look forward to – there's so much – like where that show ends with Piper attacking – um, Pensatucky, mm. like what do you think about that scene? Fucking brutal! Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! I, I was I like, okay, you can stop now. You can stop, Pipe. Yeah. can stop. Okay, you can stop now. Take a breath, Pipe. Take a breath. Jesus Christ! <laughs> what do you think about that scene? The confrontation, and then the actually, actually, I want to know what you thought about the Christmas pageant, and then leading into the Christ, um, Christmas the, pageant. I I enjoyed it. It's frivolous. Yeah. It's, it, it, there's nothing deep I was just wondering if that. you thought it was a bit too sappy or what, whatever. No, I didn't think it was sappy at all. I think that's, I like those characters enough that I can have that moment. You know what moment I didn't like from that episode though? Mm. The auditions went for way too long. The, I understand the joke. I understand the temptation to want to put it all in there. Cause you obviously got a lot of actors in there. Just go crazy and have mm. fun. And I, but it's just there like, were a few that I was like, I so, don't need that. that and something just kept coming I back I loved to. Suzanne ice skating. Yes. I loved that. Um, I, I actually enjoyed like everyone who was singing. I thought that was really fun seeing everyone do their own thing. I think individually mm. all of them had something to contribute, but the, sometimes you need to know when enough, when too much is too much. Yeah. yeah. Too much it's of a good thing. It was an editing issue. Yeah. It, yeah. It was, it was. It was just like this should have ended 30 seconds to a minute ago. Yeah. Uh, didn't need to be this long. This is already an hour long episode. <laughs> Why are we doing this? I have a podcast to record. Um, so yeah. that that was I had more issue with that than I did with the actual. I thought the pageant was. It was. I mean, I love it. I, I, yeah, I, I, I want those moments much. though. It yeah, right. is important that. I think any show like that, if it's too, this show has to have pessimism. Obviously, it has to be. Down and dark. Yeah, but you need room to breathe as an audience member and you as need the characters the highs themselves. and the lows. Yeah, you need the moments where everyone's connecting so that when they're fighting, it matters more. You need to have those. And it's something I actually like about the show as well is when some sh- when shit goes down, is how everyone in the prison can sort of put their shit aside for a second. Mm. Um, and listen, I don't know whether that's necessarily accurate representation of what it would be like inside a prison, mm. but that's me trying to like you know. It's better for the show, though, if the, everyone is a human being and it has a, has a breaking point. I mean, it certainly helps that the setting is a minimum security prison. Yeah, and that helps a uh, yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. If there's high security, <laughs> and if there were like serious like like gangs, yeah. as opposed to just like as Morello puts it, you know, it's not racist; it's tribal. Tribal, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which I thought was a, a cute line. way to That's put it, line. Morello. Um, but everything she does is pretty cute. Uh, she's, I do like Morello. I actually love Morello and Nick, Nikki, but that's a different story. Anyway, what did you think about the the last confrontation? Um, good. I mean, it'd been building up for to it for a while. the The most shocking bit and the bit that gets your blood boiling is when Healy <laughs> sees it walks and away. walks away. Um. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I it, I'm sort of waiting for what happens next. On that scene, it's a it's a cliffhanger. It's like you're so lucky because you don't have to wait a year to watch it. No, oh, so I, maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's part mm. of why I'm sort of like simmering is because yeah. literally as soon as I finished it, Netflix is like season two episode one. I have to say <laughs> no because at that point not it just yet. kept doing it. Would have just kept going. Um, so yeah, I'm not. I'm looking forward to it, yeah. but I'm also not like oh. See, so, yeah, I was I was shocked. I was shaken because during like that lead up of like 
you know, um, Panzataki is like threatening her and it's getting like more and more intense and yeah. I'm genuinely worried about the violence and I, you know, really responded when Piper was like, oh, you know, I don't have like, I can't handle this. This yeah. is not something that I can handle. This is too much. And I was like, yeah, me too, Piper, make it stop. Um, and then like it just like the tension was building and building. I was like, oh God. And then when it happened and it ended so violently and then like goes to black and I was just shot. I was just blank. I was like, Oh my God. Cause I mean, the assumption is that fuck our main characters just killed someone. Yeah. That's the big question that's left. I want to give credit to Netflix as well, because I did see it start to load. The next one has the description of the next episode. And it said something like Piper has to come to terms with the consequences of her actions. <laughs> like, well, well done. Well done. Thank you. Did not out- I was waiting for like yeah. someone died <laughs> and like, they didn't say it. So that's well done. At Pensacki's funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, well, like the next preview picture is like Pensadoggy like smiling and waving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that. Yeah, good. So well done to everyone doing that. <laughs> yeah. That's that's actually something that happens rarely. It, yeah. I mean so often they screw those up. Yeah, I've trailers ha- for the next episode it's, giveaway. It's happened to me a couple of times. Just yeah, I've accidentally read the description. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know what? Ugh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward mm. to where it goes. Again, it's it was it was a good scene. I like that she mm. did exactly what she was told to do. Yeah, the uh, near in the groin and then, yeah, elbow in the back. And then she just kept going. Yeah, I mean, I felt the choreography for that was a bit sloppy, but... I think it's it's part it's the choreography and then the to cover the choreography, the editing is really, really Mm. uh, sharp. Like it's, you can feel it trying to fill in some gaps and make it feel feel more intense. Mm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and I... yeah, it just reminds me of like when season two was about to air, like just being so excited. So excited because I'd waited so long to find out what happened to Piper. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so it's a shame you won't experience that, but I'm overall I'm, I'm glad you liked it. I'm just trying to think, have we covered the big issues thing properly here? It's something I wanted to talk I about. I don't think the, we have. Okay. No. So I don't know really how to approach that even. I just something Do I liked you, about the show was just that it, it did a good job of covering so many big issues. Mm. Things like abortion or <laughs> Rape or race or... Just a couple of little issues, guys. Or religion or sexism or the justice system in general and power and yeah. vulnerability and like, boy, oh boy, does it go or to a lot of interesting places. the existence as a trans person, which... Yeah, right. I've never really seen before except for maybe a random episode of SVU that's just exploitative. Is it episode three or four where we get Sophia's I think it's episode three. It's real early Because it's on. right after Red, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because it's the first other than Red, yeah, so it must be three, yeah. Yeah. And she's an awesome character. Like, I really enjoy Mm -hmm. her. I like her relationship towards the end, as the season goes on with uh, the sister as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a, I don't, yeah. How do you feel about the way that's explored? It's explored more just from the, almost the reality of being a trans woman in a prison from almost like a biological standpoint is what's explored so much. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and the system around that, I guess. The yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate that often the narrative around um, trans people is the physical. It's about like, oh, sure. what have you done to your body? Um, but I actually, it wasn't so much like um, over the top of like, oh. As, I mean, they reference it jokingly about, you know, getting your penis split in half and inverted, that kind of thing. But it wasn't so much about, you know, what do your genitals look like? It was more about like the reality of the fact that you need – these drugs. Yes. Yeah. That's, I found and, that really interesting. And if you don't have them, you go into menopause, which I found fascinating. Didn't even yeah. occur to me that, that would happen. And like, 
and how that would affect your body and when you've, you know, worked so or gone through so much in order to get the body that you finally feel comfortable in mm-hmm. and then to lose that and what that would be like. Um, yeah, I, I found that narrative really interesting. And I, I've short shrifted some stuff here as well because the conversation does con- continue with her and her wife, with Sophia mm. and her wife, and then outside Sophia's wife is um, starting to build a connection with another man, with a pastor. Pasta, yeah. And like the decision to let her do that essentially or to have for her to have Sophia's blessing mm. for that. Yeah, so the, the ongoing the- relationship, not just of her transition but also just the reality of being in the prison mm-hmm. and how cool that is. Yeah, but um, yeah, I just – I found it – as someone who was like obviously completely really um, realistically – ignorant to the process of or even just the existence of being trans. I have no idea what that looks like or what that feels like. Um, Sadly, because representation is so sparse that I haven't been able to see it. Um, And so to see the dynamic between a couple, they they really, they genuinely love each other and they care about each other. Um, But the reality of their situation is one of them is transitioning to a sex that the other is not attracted to. Yeah. And what does that mean for a marriage when you yeah. have made vows to one another? And obviously, um, I'm uh, Sophia isn't doesn't seem to be religious at all, but Crystal is obviously religious if she's, yeah. you know, going to church, seeing a pastor and that kind of thing. And so marriage is sacred in that way and like wanting to honour that and wanting to be there for your partner, but also like wanting to be true to yourself. And like how on earth could you balance that mm-hmm. and how like – to both protect yourself and protect the person you love. I mean, I had never really thought about that. I would just assume in that situation you just get divorced and that's it. But the real reality of that and really loving someone and having to like or at least wanting to like go through that with them was Mm -hmm. really interesting and I'm glad I was able to say it. And I'm glad it was played by a real trans woman. Yeah. That gave it weight to me and I – and it was – and. Maybe this is simplistic or stupid, but it was almost like a blessing of like, you know, we're taking this seriously. This isn't Jared Leto in a wig. Like yeah. this is, you know, someone who has. It, what's that a reference to? I haven't seen that. Uh, what's that? The one with um, a Raider, Raider, right? That Matthew McConaughey guy, AIDS, Dallas Buyers Club. That's it. Right. <laughs> Sorry, it took me way too long to get there. Um, but, you know, it's just a, yeah, an actual trans woman who. It's very rare that, I mean, particularly back then, for them to get roles. She was given a fantastic role mm-hmm. um, and able to play it authentically, which I appreciate. Mm, yeah, it was good. That was good. Yeah. It's it's just funny that it's something I just stopped thinking about through so much of the – until uh, Sophia's storyline comes up, it's about it specifically. Yeah, absolutely. It's Sophia's – She's just another prisoner. Perfect, yeah, she's is, just uh, another inmate. Speaks to the power of the show, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, any other particular big issues you want to bring up? With stories like this and we're talking about, you know, minorities and people who are, you know, underprivileged, circle like of poverty and all of that kind of thing, and particularly because our protagonist is Piper Chapman, Piper Chapman and it's maybe skewed a little towards an audience, like people like you and me, mm-hmm. white people who would never have experienced this prison system. Is it perhaps, and I, I'm not sure if I have an opinion either way about this because, um, yeah, I'm not sure. 
is it perhaps a little voyeuristic and exploitative in that way? Like in which it's kind of like kind of like tragedy porn about poor people of colour and experiencing their tragedy? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I can sort of, yeah, I can see that perspective. I wouldn't begrudge anyone for having that opinion. Mm. Um, I guess it comes down to a couple of things. A, do you think it does a good enough job of being truthful and being not, like, does it, is it exploiting the characters mm. for those things? Because the, the, the reality is that, that prisons are a real thing yeah. that real people are in and there are definitely interesting stories to be told in there that are worth being seen. Mm-hmm. And exposure to that and seeing that stuff from the outside. I mean, you've got to think about why the, uh, the original author, Piper, um, whatever her name oh, was. Yeah, I can never remember her name. <laughs> I Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Why she wrote the book she wrote. Like Kerman or something like that. Something like that. Sorry. I said it before. I was... uh, Kerman, yeah, it is. Thank you, Piper Kerman. Um, Why she wrote it in the first place. Have you read the book? No, because I knew that um, in the... I mean, because I knew I've seen interviews with the woman that she ends up with Larry, so I was like, nah, not interested. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, no, I'm not interested in that. Um, So no, I haven't read the book. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. It's like, is that true of any show that's set in a prison or any show that's set? I think like in a- specifically for this show, because our, our inside man is Piper Chapman. It's not like we're watching Oz, which actually I, um, it's kind of voyeuristic porn, I think for, um, yeah, black men in prison perhaps because it is so violent and over the top. Though I haven't watched Oz in years so my perspective might be off. Um, but just because it's through the lens of someone like Piper, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure. That's, yeah. I'm not sure either. Because I, I also think it's important to and, – and this is hard because I think it's important for people like you and me or just people of anything to see something different. And how do you get people to watch something different if you don't give them a way in? But then at the same time, it's important that you're not, like it's not black people's responsibility to educate us as well. You know what I mean? So it's, I don't, yeah, it's a hard. Could, could the show have been made without Piper being the main character? Definitely. Yes. Like in, like from a, from a piece of art. Story wise. Yeah, absolutely. Would it, likely have been made without her probably not no probably not which is what we're talking about before with her being the trojan horse mm. that sucks yeah. but that's the case yeah that's why what was that stupid movie the moses not the yeah the moses movie oh with all um, the white people in it and what's his face said he couldn't get it made if they ha- if he had brown people called yeah. muhammad in it yeah um not genesis exodus i think it was the name of yeah. the yeah yeah that one um, yes. And that like, listen, that's coming all over the place in Hollywood. Um, Scar Johansson is, yeah. is the lead character in the Ghost in the Shell live action movie. Um, Matt Damon is in, which is actually a Chinese film as far as I'm aware. I think Great, um, Great Wall is actually a chi- primarily Chinese made film. Yeah. But it's made with him in the lead. Because they want an American market. They want yeah. an American market. Exactly right. So... Those choices are being made for the wrong reasons, but they're well. They're being made because the system's fucked. Unfortunately, for that, from that mm. perspective, whatever metrics they're using, for some reason, tell them that people won't watch a show unless 
there's a white protagonist. Meanwhile, we're getting things also like um, The Fast and the Furious, which has a diverse sort of cast. You've still got Vin Diesel as your lead, right? But you're starting to see a more diverse cast or even Star Wars The Force Awakens, which has a woman lead, a black male um, second lead and uh, – Potentially gay, although that's not confirmed. Um, Let's see. No, Poe is the 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 ongoing thing is that Poe and oh, uh, I mean, I've seen like and Finn are going to end up together, like gifts and stuff. But I didn't not, think I mean, that that's was not actually a thing. <laughs> Nothing's confirmed until it's confirmed. Uh, but he is Latino descent, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so, so that before that, it was three white leads in Star Wars, and so things like that are changing. Unfortunately, change always happens slower than we want it to. And so when you have these situations where you've got Piper in there, it's regrettable, obviously. Mm. But it did mean that we got a show that is otherwise full of, you know, a diverse yeah. ethnic group. And, so, and I will say, it's you know, Piper is always going to be part of the show. Um, but there are seasons... Um, where she where, takes a bit more of a backseat. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I've heard that. I, I'd already heard that that was the case. Yeah. Which sounds good. Which I feel like might have been Gen G Cohen. I hope I got that right. Um, might have been her plan all along to maybe do do that. Is this is how we get in? Now let's tell some really cool stories. And again, it sucks that that's what it takes. Mm. But it's cool that that transition was able to be made because I think that says a lot for the longevity of the show. If it doesn't rely on Piper's storyline the entire time, the show. No wonder it's got three more seasons booked because. You've got um, you know, two hundred and fifty women in that prison to tell yeah. stories about yeah. now, which is awesome, which is so cool. Um, I yeah, as, coming back to the point though, is does that make it poor person porn? Basically, like watching the yeah. disenfranchised All those poor and the, black people, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, you want representation though, right? Like, mm. I don't know how to do it without. Telling stories about yeah those people yeah how do you do it and then it's things like this which means like the success of Orange of the New Black is part of the reason that Atlanta can get made do you know what I mean and they can be told from an authentic black perspective mm. yeah I um I honestly just can't say I don't know I mm. don't know maybe it's just something I wanted to put out there and then if people have opinions either way they can. Feel free to voice I think them. It's, I like think it's a real concern. At least, at least have the discussion, you know what I mean? Like at least does put that it on make the brain. It, even if that's true though, if to some degree at, uh, it's on that where you could see it as being exploitative in that sense, mm. does that mean it's completely valueless if that if some no, people are using no, it that no, way? No, 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 I don't think so. I just think it's – if that is the case, it's important to like view it with that context. But I don't think that removes all of its value or yeah. automatically makes it a bad show. But it's worth – Noting, addressing, accepting, agreeing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think that's that's fair. Yep, cool. <laughs> Sorry for, was that a bit heavy? These get things get heavy. <laughs> uh, let's just talk about storylines for a second. Do you have any favorite ongoing storylines? Any least favorite ongoing storylines? I'm is it a I don't know if it's a storyline, but I just love the character of Tasty. And the friendship with Poussey. I love that. That I think it's more of an element yeah. of the show because there's not really uh, but a I don't know. If, I don't know there. if there's like, yeah, something that's like an arc because I – I just – I real, agree. I enjoy any yeah, time they're on screen. The real arc, I guess, is 
Actually, yeah, no, there is, I guess, a storyline that I love and that is the just the relationship between Piper and Alex and the complexity of having someone who was such a big part of your life and who you loved so much re, like re-emerge and dealing with that. And them being there, like all of a sudden you're living together yeah, essentially. Yeah. And, and like you can't escape them. And I yeah. find that really fascinating. Yeah. And how to like, how on earth could you navigate those kinds of emotions? I totally. find that really interesting. Yeah. Totally. And and how that works even with the um the Larry stuff just being separated from your yeah, I mean, he, he as much say. as he would like to believe, you know, with all his, you know, NPR and writing stories about it, he, he, can't, he doesn't have the ability to understand what's happening there, mm-hmm. what she's going through, what the experience actually is. Um, and Alex is able to do that, obviously, because she's right there. Um, and that's obviously difficult. I mean, it's interesting watching it now because I've got a very different perspective about Larry than I did when I first watched it when I was like, oh, Larry, get off my screen. But now I have so much more empathy for him. Like that would be awful to have to like know that the person who, one was the reason that your fiance is there. Yeah. Two, she's like stooping her, which is awful. Stooping her? <laughs> which is when awful. When did you become a Jewish woman? I mean, I'm as Jewish as Jewish as Jason Biggs. So I feel like I'm allowed to say that. Um, <laughs> and, nice. And yeah, like that, it's obviously awful because they're having sex. Um, and stooping. Yeah, stooping. Sure. They're stooping. It's just a really great way it to say it. It's super fun. Um, Yiddish is, it's so many good words. Um, anyway. Um, and yeah, like he, he, he just simply can't relate. And like the chasm is growing and how awful that would be. And like just clawing back to like, to kind of like reclaim that in any way and going into panic mode and wanting to get married and all that jazz. I've got so much more empathy for Larry these days. Um, okay, cool. I would do want to get to the Larry storyline because I think if there's anything I would take out of the show, it's the amount of time we spend on Larry. Ooh, me too. I just feel like... I think everyone would agree with that, yeah. The, yeah. The time... I feel like a lot of what we get from Larry, not all of it, certainly you're going to lose something if you want to have less Larry. Any scene with Larry in it that doesn't involve him talking to Piper, I don't really care about. I feel like because the show is so strong from Piper's perspective, if he, if we kept her interactions to Larry being the time she's talking to him or can't get onto him, I would have known just as much about what he was doing or what he was mm-hmm. thinking or going through. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, we don't need those conversations between Larry and Cal to know no. that Larry is freaking the F out exactly. about what's happening. Yeah, There's all – yeah, if there was a conversa- conversations he has where he's talking to Piper about his article or then he has a conversation about, oh, we had dinner, I met this guy, blah, blah, and he wants me to go. And like I could be informed that way, have mm-hmm. Piper's reaction to it, have the reality of it hit her in the prison Um that was probably, the, if there was any Larry bit that was most effective, it was just him telling a story in the real world and mm. having zero idea <laughs> of what that means to some yeah. to Piper inside <clears throat> the yeah. prison. But there's just so many scenes I'm just like, and it's not Jason Biggs' fault either. I think it'd be no, really easy. Uh, talking to my girlfriend about this, she just can't stand Jason Biggs in this show at all. Um, I don't think he's doing a bad job by any means. Mm. Um, it's just, Larry's just not interesting enough. Unfortunately, with Jason Biggs, because of, I mean, 
our age range, we obviously grew up watching American Pie. I mean, like, it's basically the only thing ever made. That and Loser. Yeah. It's, it's the only things you think about. Yeah. It's it burned into our brain. That's who Jason Biggs is. He's the guy who is like sweat. Like he is so sweaty in that first American Pie movie. It's, I don't, there was apparently no powder on set <laughs> at all. Anyway, like that, he's like this guy. Um, and it's, it's hard to shake that. I'm, I think I'm now able to shake it because I've watched this show so many times yeah. that like now he's Larry to me. Uh, yeah. Um, I remember the first time watching it going, oh my God, Jason Biggs is in this. He's <laughs> not doing American Pie. That's amazing. Yeah, I used to love that movie Loser with um, what's, what's the chick from American Pie? Mina Savari. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we can all agree that the outside Larry perspective or even like a lot of Piper's family stuff isn't as compelling as the incredible stories we see on the inside of Litchfield. And so it's just, you know, when you're outside, you're just like, oh, can you take me back to the interesting people, please? Yeah. Um. So if, it, if particularly when you're watching an episode that goes for an hour, mm-hmm. like, oh, come on, come mm-hmm. on. I don't, I don't need this at mm-hmm. all. Um. So yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, any other storylines in particular that stood out to you? What do you think about the, is it, is Dinah? Is that her name? Dyer. Dyer. Dyer and John? Yeah, John Bennett. Yeah. Um, what about that storyline? I mean, I don't care for it. I just don't. I just don't. <laughs> they've got zero chemistry. I agree. Like zero I chemistry. Agree. So I've got nothing to invest in then. Meanwhile, Piper and Alex have so much chemistry. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. It's actually S- absurd. Yeah. So when you've got this ongoing thing and it goes to interesting dramatic places it plays back into the red storyline the stuff that she's going on with porn stash and those those sorts of things are, f- are good and the ongoing just the general how the prison works it does the- really bother me though that um the abortion thing is just so skirted over i'm like what Let's talk about like. There's a whole episode about her deciding her whether she's going to wanting to and then not. decide. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if a whole episode. It was like maybe a scene or two, and then she's like, "No, you're right, Mum. I'm going to keep it." Well, the, um, the problem is, I think the way they get there, it's almost like she's like tricked and bullied into yeah. making a decision. Is the problem? Yeah, you are not going to get rid of my grandbaby. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's more um, of an issue with that, that yeah, storyline. That's true. I just what are the, like other than like this is a TV show, so we're going to make an elaborate plan. What are the like? What is the plan here? She is pregnant in prison, and the guy she had sex with is going to go to jail. Just get an abortion. I'm sorry, but like that kind of frustrates me. I'm like, all you got to do is get into smuggling a pill and take it and it's like no more stress. No more stress. That's it. That's done. I, I, it's really hard for me to reason that away, particularly because she wasn't like, oh, I could never have an abortion. It was like her mother bullying her into keeping the baby. That's more the problem for me. Yeah. I think if you got to a point where if there was something earlier that suggested she just did not want to have the abo- an abortion, yeah. you could have sold that a little bit better. But the idea that she wanted to and it seems like the... <sighs> yeah, if she had like a genuine ideological reason why she was against abortion, I would be on board. I'd be like, yeah, sure. I'm obviously like pro-choice, do what you want. But it didn't really feel like that. It does yeah. seem like the simple solution in a way. Um, and when it's not an ideological decision that she comes to really, mm. it is that she is like persuaded via a trick. In Like she's given that <laughs> yeah. bullshit, you know. Things that po- makes her like shit herself, yeah. It does make that decision a little bit harder to to swallow because it – it's a huge decision that shouldn't be made lightly and needs to be discussed properly. I, okay, I get what you're saying there. Yeah, it's 
yeah, that's sort of. Then again, but like, just generally, I, don't, like, I don't want to take away the character's right to decide to have the baby, though. Like, no, that, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like, she can choose to have the baby. It just didn't feel like it came from her, which so I was just kind of like, ah, like that's. Yeah, that's a, a way lot to put it on the line just because your mum told you to do it. Like, yeah. he's going to go to prison. Yeah. Your life is going to be like, you're going to be sent to like maximum or whatever it might be. Like, your life's going to be ruined. Your kid's not going to be with you. Like, what is the point of this? Because, like, how easy is it to get around that problem? If you're just feeling bullied, right? And then you go, but if you still organize, you get that pill in, and then to like fake the miscarriage or something mm. like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just. Then she just has to play that side of things and it's a lot easier to just yeah. be in your mum's bad books for a little while yeah. than it is to And she doesn't to have to with sell her body to porn stash, yeah, which is so awful and disgusting. A, yeah. How you could ever like want your daughter to do that over like just taking a pill and getting rid of like that's just like that's let's I mean it's rape, right? Like she doesn't want to even though she I don't know, it's she, really mur- I, I don't know. There's no way of saying she's not consenting. She initiates yeah, she's con- and that's, yeah. consents. But it, it's kind of like it's like she's pushed into it by her family and by Red. You I mean, know, she's like, not doing it for a like she's coerced. Reason. She's not doing it's it. coerced. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like, well, you should you should do this. You should do this. When like, just if I don't know, it's this really weird gray area. It's gross. There's no way around that. It's definitely gross. Yeah. For a number of reasons, yeah. that whole thing. I'm not saying in that situation, porn stash raped her, but from her perspective, I, I just... It's, You're talking about what sort of consent she was giving. Yeah, like, it's ha- confused consent for me because it's like, who is the consent really coming? Oh, not consent's the wrong word. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, that storyline was... Gross and sloppy and yeah, not, I mean, I not, just, not engaging a lot of the time. Yeah, I just thought it was a bit silly. I'm like, as a guard, as if you would, you know what I mean? As if you would. Just, uh, it's it's just hard to believe it when they've got so little chemistry. It's like if yeah. it was if it was something that was undeniable, it makes it a lot if, easier. Yeah, Piper was just, you know, in prison and then the character of Alex Voss happened to be a guard instead and they had no history, but they still had that chemistry. I'd probably believe that, mm-hmm. that they were fucking, sure. But those two actors, it didn't work for me at all. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Any other ongoing storylines there? No, because I feel like, yeah, the Alex. Because so many of them were like one episode tidbits. So I'm trying to think like a storyline that was going through the the whole thing. I think it's characters come in and out of the storyline. Everything leads on to other stuff. But something I really like about the show is that it's very, while it might feel like this was an episode of the week thing, it's going to have a consequence somewhere down the line. Oh, yes. Okay, I've got one. Um, the friendship between Nikki and Alex and how that grows mm. and how they begin to like rely on each other in, though there is like a sexual aspect towards the end, how it's generally it's not sexual and that they just kind of, they're just like lesbros and I kind of love that. Lesbros. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a good cute, term, I like that. It's cute that you've never heard it. No, I haven't. <laughs> well, what, what are the- I'm what not are, a part of that world. <laughs> um, yeah, so is there any other storylines that Not really. The thing I really want to talk about next was episode length. Uh, Lauren, who's been on a previous podcast, was suggesting that one of the reasons she didn't really get into the show was that she thought the episodes were just too long as they were. And I have to agree. I think that this show might be more effective if it was close to a 40-minute show or even 
smaller 25, 30 minute episodes. If you, one of the things I think. I made a face. Yeah, (laughs) you did. I was not impressed by that. (laughs) The, The way I'm just looking at it is there is often times where an episode that's an hour long will have a really strong A plot and then really all over the place B, C, can you give plots. me an example of that kind of episode? The exact episode, not off the top of my head. But it'll be like, uh, the one I keep thinking of is when like we do have that one flashback into Nikki's life um, or we get a bunch of stuff with Jason Biggs and his parents or whatever. Or and it's just like, I feel like if you could, there are so many storylines that are trying to happen at once. If you could, I mean, they probably didn't want to at the time have an episode that didn't have Piper in it, but have, you know, a 30 to 40 minute episode that focused over here properly and didn't have to be dragged out or feel like that I got a bit at the start and then a bit at the 50-minute mark to have a – that was like a story apparently in that episode. Mm-hmm. I just felt that happening a lot. It would be like, oh, there's a scene at minute six and then a scene at minute 50 and that was something that happened this episode. And if you just didn't have – had short episodes and less stories in one episode that way. You'd still – you have more episodes, right? You would still end up with the same 12-hour 12 12 running time. Mm. you just have closer to 20 episodes. I don't know. I just feel like it would be an episode if you look at them individually. No, it would be more I effective. like the one hour thirteen as opposed to forty five. What or twenty minute? Tw- or, sorry, no, thirty minute twenty. Let's say forty. Let's episodes. say it's like a forty four minute thing. You cut these episodes down by fifteen minutes. Oh. You take out that D storyline, maybe even. Yeah. You because I no, think I don't, don't want to cut out characters. Yeah. I just feel like I don't know. Sometimes I get like, oh, I forgot this thing happened at the start of this episode. Why are we? Here, I feel like this this storyline didn't need to be here today. This right. I, because the problem is, but wouldn't is when that those, just happen if it was happened two episodes? Yes, ago? but they would get served properly because it would happen mm. in a concise time. It would get its time to shine. It wouldn't get lost underneath whatever else was happening. The other four storylines happening in this episode. What I mean is, when you get an ep- uh, the the thing that helps the show in that aspect is that it all comes out at once and that it's made to be binged. Mm. So you don't necessarily feel it that much because you're going to flow from one episode to the next anyway. It's Made with that format in mind. Yeah, I think that's the key right there, yeah. But they are still individual episodes. Mm-hmm. They are designed with a start and end point. There are opening credits, which I love the opening credits, by the way. and the That was one of my questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the end credits and inside that there will be an A storyline which will have an, a beginning and end. Mm-hmm. And I just always, often I felt like the one of the secondary or tertiary plots could have been more effective if it was just more condensed or given its time to shine properly. I guess is what I'm saying. Not a I massive mean, criticism, you know, I, but I think there's truth to it. I think I understand that perspective. I don't agree with it. I, mm-hmm. I think it's – I don't have a problem with the length of the episodes. I mean perhaps that opinion might change later on in later seasons. Oh, really? Um, but for this season I, I don't find it an issue at all but I can understand how an hour is daunting to people and attentions wane and things might get lost um but it, it, it's not an issue for me it's not really that the hour is daunting it's more that I just I feel like because because they're so long something that if yeah if you had that start and end point in a 40 minute episode it's going to feel more connected than it when it's 50 minutes apart it's subtle right it's just <laughs> it's just about everything getting its time it, it loses impact the more time you have between those scenes. So when, yeah, they because sometimes also there are scenes where I'm like, time-wise that felt like that should have happened minutes after the last scene, but we don't see that follow-up until 40 minutes later. I've forgotten about that 
seen before. Yeah, maybe it's it's a little I, hard. I don't have examples, which is yeah. not helping. Little side notes I've got, unless you've got anything major you want to talk about still. Mm, no, no, I don't think so, no. A couple of really interesting in-jokes they were putting in the first American couple of episodes. The American Pie one is really obvious, yeah. where he's talking about his like, past hijinks, embarrassing stories, and they're directly lifted from yeah. American Pie one too. <laughs> yeah. The other one was when they started talking about um, Star Trek with Red. I was like... Okay. Where's that? It's episode two, three, or four. It's in the first few episodes. Mm. They're not talking about Voyager. Yeah. But they, oh, yeah, she says, I thought I was your Spock. Yeah, that's right. And I was like, oh, well, that's okay. It's interesting. Yeah, she's like, my Spock? It it couldn't have been any other sidekick character. It had to be Spock (laughs) because she was in Star Trek. Mm. Um, That's fun. The only other thing I'd written here is. A lesson in Googling. So I did a really dumb thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was watching the episodes and... I got a 1.30 a.m. text from Brad about it. <laughs> so annoyed about this. I'm not going to... I was almost about to say the character name, but that would be a spoiler, so I'm not going to. Yeah. I was watching... There was a certain character who I was... I kept thinking, I know this actress. Why do I know this actress? What else have I seen this actress in? And so I Googled... Orange of the New Black and that character name, mm. just to shortcut myself straight to the actress. Not go to IMDb and then scroll down to find it, just I'll shortcut straight to the person. In doing so, apparently something pretty major happens to this character at the end of season four and I got spoiled massively mm-hmm. just because of headlines yeah. or like links directly to this yeah. important scene on YouTube. I th- yeah, I think it's important for anyone who hasn't seen the later seasons of Orange of the New Black. Do not Google Orange is the New Black because unfortunately it is that's every headline is mm. directly stating it, which I think is bullshit. I don't know why they've chosen to do it that way, but that's because it's the latest thing that happened, I guess. It's the it's Yeah, the but why news. on earth would you put it in the in the title of an article you're writing? I think I just I don't oh. yeah, I think that's silliness. Um I don't I don't agree with that at all. I don't I, I think the problem – I think if you is – it, is it a problem if you just type in Orange is the New Black? Because the problem I did is I wrote in the character name. So I was getting discussions specifically about that character, which is why those articles are coming up. If you just write in Orange is the New Black, does it still come up with spoilers in the titles? Because I, I, I understand that it's a big issue because it's a partly – it's a political thing. Like it's um, talking about politics in the States yeah, to some degree. Yes. I, I was aware uh, of that. Yeah, it's very relevant yes. to what's happening. Uh, there's one that's – yeah – um, so maybe if you Google it, just don't scroll down. Just go to IMDb. Yeah. I mean, Wikipedia. I would just be like, yeah, Orange is the New Black Season 1. Maybe pop that oh, in. Okay, you know what I mean? Smarter. Like get, get a little bit specific about it. Don't do what I did. Yeah. yeah I'll never make that mistake again. Yeah. Dumb. Yeah, because unfortunately like top stories comes up yes. in like, and so just be careful is what I would say. Um, but, you know, the way the internet works, you've probably been spoiled already, but. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. I, I was I knew that th- I, this major event happened. I just didn't know who to. Oh right, right. So I just happened. I guess you weren't familiar of, with the name, so you wouldn't. Even if they had said, you wouldn't have no, grasped it. Yeah. And right. so of the, you know, thirty odd characters in this show, I happened to Google mm. the one that was the, <laughs> was going to bring up that discussion. Yeah, the, just I mean, not worth the and risk. that will be an interesting discussion when we get. Yeah, stage. understanding what, what that's about. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. But let's stop talking about future seasons. Where, Good what, idea. Are we, what are we doing now? 
We are doing favourite and least favourite episodes. What is your favourite episode? My favourite episode is Fucksgiving, um, which is the episode where Piper gets put in solitary. Mm-hmm. And just uh, there's a lot of awesome stuff happening in that episode. The stuff with Piper and Healy is fantastic. The stuff just with Piper dealing with solitary and conveying what that's like to her, even though she's in there for 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's other really good storylines in that episode as well. What am I forgetting that's in there? Um, so, it, uh, spoilers, that's also my favourite episode. Um, the other story, yeah, so obviously Piper, yeah, goes to Solitary. We have um, Tasty being released, yep. which is great. We see that. Um, and that's also when we see Suzanne with her family in the – in that short little clip, we see them together. Uh, what else happens in that episode? Oh, no, I've just written about Healy and Tasty mostly. And oh, little... sorry. That's it. Yeah, right. Suzanne. Sorry. Yeah. I forgot. The, I went, who's Suzanne? <laughs> Fuck. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Little things like that were, were, were really, really good about that episode. Yeah. Just it was the show – on a comedy, emotional and dramatic level hitting, like firing on all cylinders. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool. This show is, yeah, can be r- really amazing. It just hit high gear there. Um, yeah, every, just a really excellent, excellent, excellent episode that made me excited for what the show might tell stories about in the future. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously agreeing completely. Fucksgiving was my favourite episode I mean, I love every scene pretty much that Pensataki is in. Um, and obviously when she's reporting to Healy that they're lesbianing together, which is just one <laughs> made me laugh quite a bit. Um, and obviously then Piper gets taken to solitary and she has that amazing speech to Healy. That's obviously, so good. Obviously a bad decision, but it's a great speech um, about how like, men, like women like me – will never fuck men like you. Like you're pathetic. Like all that oh, stuff that you would of course want to say but never really get the opportunity to say was wonderful. Got to give credit to that actor as well who plays Healy. He mm. um, Apparently he's in the later seasons of Weeds, which is another Genji Cohen show. Oh, okay, show, cool. Yeah. Um, he has an amazing way of just, just doing something that hardens his face slightly and all of a mm-hmm. sudden he's the biggest asshole of all yeah. time. Because yeah. the he rest goes of- from – Big old lovable teddy bear to cunt. Real oh, sorry, quick. get rid of that. You can't have that word in the podcast. Why not? It's explicit. It's fine. Okay, fair enough. Good. The uh, yeah, whatever he's doing though, it it's on Great. a dime. Yeah, it works he's like that. fantastic. Um, and yeah, obviously the stuff with Tasty. It, it was it was just interesting because, um, just to see what happens when someone has no resources mm. in the outside world. And the reality of that is like, well, what, what on earth would you do? Like, Don't you think it's interesting the show, we get that one scene of Tasty when she first gets out and she's going to the place that she's meant to be staying. Yeah. It's her aunt's or whatever it is or her cousin's or well, she ends up staying in the corner. One or, of her foster sisters knew the woman. It, it yeah. was very like Convoluted. a person of a person of a person of a yep. person. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting we got that scene and we didn't see anything else. We just saw her when she got back. It's yeah. like I would think that would be a much interesting thing to see the outside world of than what's happening with Larry. <laughs> Why can't we see more of Tasty? Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I, I completely it agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then, yeah. I, I mean, it does make a great shock when she just walks back in, though. Yeah, like, after what's, Ms. What's happening? Ms. Claude, this awful thing's happened with Ms. Claudette and then all of a sudden Tasty, like, pops her head out and like, hey, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone's eyes light up, but at the same time it's kind of like, oh, no, oh, yeah. you're back. Yeah, it was a great moment. Um, so what is your least favourite episode? Um, with very little conviction, my least favourite episode is Imaginary Enemies. Imaginary Enemies. Enemies? Which is, yeah, <laughs> which is episode four, which is uh, Piper gets moved into Miss Claudette's room mm-hmm. and she ends up accidentally taking the um, screwdriver from the repair shop yeah, thing. Um, which Boo uses as a dildo, which is great. Yeah, Yeah, which is a great reveal at the end. And then she gets that back at the... End of the season. Yeah, that's right. Secret Kringle. Santa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's nothing against – like I like Miss Claudette fine. Um, I like the reveal of sort of what her history is a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I know. It felt like we were still getting – we weren't quite at that point where things were really getting interesting. And episode five is the chicken episode and that's really where it takes off. So if I keep thinking about the reasons that I quit the first time, it was – just was not quite there yet, and the stories weren't quite interesting enough. And mm. uh, I've got I've got no real major criticism except it just wasn't yeah. a in that episode, thrilling I, or gripping episode. Yeah, I do love um, watching Nikki in the workshop just drill drilling that hole, hole in the wall, and the way she explain explain explains it. Jeez, got really Australian. Do you know it's what like, it is? There's vaginas. a lot of apathy in that episode, which I think mm. is like it's a reality of the show. But even like the guy that's running the shop class, he's so apathetic. Nikki's apathetic. Yeah, check, yeah. Everything. Everyone's just. Apathy, apathy, apathy. And so it makes for a low energy sort of just like by the numbers drifting sort of episode. Yeah, yeah no, fair enough. Uh, my least favourite would be Blood Donut and that's the one with Watson's story, the track star. Sure, yep. Just because it didn't hit any real authentic emotional notes for me. It was kind of like I feel like I've seen it before. I didn't really understand or care about Watson all that much at that stage yep. and that story didn't do it for me. Um, it doesn't help that Watson has so much attitude with very little vulnerability other than the fact that she wanted boys to like her. Mm-hmm. Like that was her only real vulnerability, which, yeah, didn't really draw me in. Though I did like um, the stuff with Tasty and like Sophia and stuff and her trying to figure out like, you know, what hairstyle she wanted to have and like which Rihanna she wanted to be. Like I, I That stuff I like as well, yeah. Yeah, I like that stuff. Is that the episode so it's Blood Donut, is that when they've they've chosen the representatives and they're like starting to like have their sessions with Healy? I would assume so since the name's Blood Donut. Because that's yeah. a storyline that never felt like it should have gone somewhere else. Like that should have yeah. continued on for a little longer. It felt like it was basically over by the end of that. I feel episode. like the episode, like the um, whack episode the one before it. was, it was just to kind of showcase like characters playing off each other. Yeah. But I don't think they, like there was a plan to really take that, like the institution of whack anywhere. Yeah. Specifically. Um, so yeah. So I, yeah. I think it could have been short lived, but just maybe had a little bit more punch. It just yeah, sort of totally. just like. Yeah. Everyone just gets, gets pacified and then we move on. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah, Piper has a little thing. It's like, it's actually just a scam, which I feel like we should all have like realised. Like, yeah. Well, and then that's <laughs> it. It's right. done. Yeah, that's and it, we yeah. never return to any of that ever again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Blood Donut, just mostly because of the Watson stuff didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. And if the flashback doesn't work, if I'm not invested in this other character other than Piper, like that episode's always going to fall flat. Sure. So that is my reason for that. So now we're down to final score. 
We can't do ranking, obviously, because it's the first season we've watched. This is the best and worst season we've so far. <laughs> I'm going to give it four stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I tempted to go to four and a half, though. I th- that's like that's pretty high praise at four and a half. Four, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed the show a lot. Really, really liked it. And I'm looking forward to seeing more. I very easily could have just kept watching. Like when that episode came up to start season two, I was like very tempted to just start watching and <laughs> yeah. had to force myself to stop, which is a good sign. Really, really, really well written. Fantastic performances. Couple of dud storylines here and there. You can see it's still figuring itself out a little bit. Gets off to a bit of a slow start. But really highly entertaining. And the further it gets along, the better it gets. Nice. Uh, mine is four and a half stars. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it obviously loses that half point. Yeah, just a few missteps, obviously, with the Watson storyline, obviously, with the Larry stuff, mm-hmm. um, with the Polly stuff. Um, but as we shift away from that later in the season, um, it's really strong. The the characters are incredible. The writing is amazing. The acting is phenomenal. Um, and it just made me desperately want to watch the second season, which obviously I couldn't do because I didn't have access to it. But yeah, I, I thought it was in, for me, almost perfect. Hence why when I first watched it, I immediately rewatched it. And then I rewatched it again and then I rewatched it again and so on and so on until I'd watched it about 10 times, yeah. Can I ask you a question? I'm trying not to be too spoilery here. Yeah. Of the four seasons so far, without giving me any rankings or telling me which ones they might be, where does season one rank for you? Is it first, second, third or fourth best season for you? So I don't want to know which ones are above, just want to know where it ranks in that list of four. I mean, I'd have to – I really would have to re – because I haven't watched the other ones as much as I've watched the first just because I was so sure. excited about it. Um, but I think this is number one. This is number one? I think so. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, make, that's interesting. My opinion might change as we go along and I remember things. Um, but from memory, I'm pretty sure like, yeah, this is number one. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, there's some great seasons. There's some other seasons that I don't think are as good, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I think this is number one. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, do you want to keep watching, Broderick? Yeah, I do. Yeah, you I do. do. I'm so glad that you like it. I'm that makes me really happy. It really warms my heart. I'm glad. <laughs> I but I'm fascinated to know what your predictions, hopes, and concerns are. I don't have. I really don't have a lot of predictions, hopes, and concerns. Mm. My major hope was that Jason Biggs is going to be at less, and it sounds like, from what I understand, that's the case. At least at some point he becomes less less involved in the show, which I look forward to because I think the more time we can spend inside the prison, I think the better the show is going to be. That's where the story is. It's the, it essentially is the world that this is set in. Anything outside of that is almost irrelevant. Yeah. Um, so I hope that's the case. I don't think that Pensataki. Punk, he got it. He got it. I don't think she's dead. I feel like that's a really quick way to get Piper into maximum security. <laughs> yeah. So unless the entire setting changes, yeah, uh, I can't imagine she's dead. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm, Do you have any concerns or anything? Or no, no, I'm, I'm hopeful. Really, is what I am because 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 the, the season got better as it got a, went along for me for the most part. A couple from a few little missteps here and there. I'm just I, I I'm looking forward to season two and thinking they're probably just going to build on and learn their lessons from season one and, and be better. I mm-hmm. really don't have any sort of thoughts or predictions there. I do have a question actually that just occurred to me. Yes. Do you know how accurate the 
show is compared to the memoir? Do you have any? Not very. Not very? No. Okay. No. How much? Like are there certain characters like definitely inspired by real people or? I mean, I haven't read it no. so I can't really tell you but I've just heard it's not very um, in line with what actually happened it's more of a based on or inspired by that's right yeah inspired by true events events. like every horror film that never (laughs) happened yeah um otherwise there's a fuck ton of haunted houses um where people are being brutally murdered and not being reported about but we find the video footage which is nice yeah that is good that's really helpful yeah yeah that's good we can turn them into multi-million dollar film franchises I can't believe the family signed away the rights. It's just yeah, incredible. It's crazy, yeah, it's, yeah, it's amazing. So insensitive. You think they'd be more <laughs> pressure to that stuff? Yeah. All right. So is that it for Orange New Black Season One? There it is. All right. Well, next week, folks, we will be. Oh, that's say listening to. We won't be listening to. It. We will be watching Louis Season Two. Yeah. Yes, which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, it's, I, I, it seems like a million years away since we watched that, actually. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Whoa, it was a long time ago. I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like, too. For similar reasons to, to see how Orange the New Black will change in season two. Very interesting to see mm. what Louis... I'm assuming I'm it's a the, bit budget yeah. in season two, so that might look a bit different. I'm just looking yeah, forward to the evolution because yeah. obviously... It, it seems to me like a show that just grows and grows from what from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing where it might go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cool. All right. So if you want to get in contact with us, you can on Facebook under Hunting Seasons or on our Twitter at Huntingscast or Hunting S Cast. Or you can email us at huntingseasonspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at MaskyMoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. Where can they grab you? At On Twitter at BGordes, B-G-O-R-D-E-S. Wonderful. And just a shout out to Mr. Sean Kirkpatrick for our wonderful Hunting Seasons logo and graphics. You can have a look at his stuff at seankirkpatrickdesigns.portfoliobox.net and our amazing theme song done by Jordan Calavis. And you can find his stuff on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash classic J-Rex, R-E-X. And please, 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 please review us on iTunes. Unless obviously you give us a bad rating. Don't do that, Ben, don't, don't review us, uh, Ben. But if they're rave reviews, go for it. Please do this for us, guys. It helps promote our little podcast so we can get it out there for everyone to enjoy. Don't deprive the masses because we're amazing. All right. So that's it from us. Please join us next week for season two of Louie, which will be fantastic. Um, but if it's not, it's Louis C.K.'s fault, so don't write to us about it. <laughs> no, uh, if it's bad season, that'll make for a good episode of the, show, of the podcast, I reckon. Um, have you listened to our Twin Peaks one? I'm not sure about that. I haven't even edited that yet, so no. That could be the I, best podcast yet. I yet. doubt it. But okay. remember, remember what Dead Like Me season two was like. That's still, that's that's still one of my most that popular is, episodes for whatever reason. That is true. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Damas Leary, and goodbye. Bye. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.